Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today we are answering your YouTube questions. And by we, I mean myself and my brother D from the same mother. Man, I just screwed that all up. I'm like, my brother from the same mother, brother D from the same mother, like just throw it in words. Like, what's going on? We've done hundreds of streams together, yeah. and that's the first time you've ever bungled that. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's how the stream's going to go today, guess ladies and gentlemen. it's all that sugar from the marshmallow brookies. <laughs> that's right. Right? How is your week? This week flew by. It this did. is a really fast week. It was a very, very, uh, a very quick week. Hey, Jerry, we're going to talk about that here in, in just a little bit, actually. But, uh, but yeah, so if this is your first <laughs> time here, if you're watching this on the replay, I do want to let you know that after the stream is complete, we do put timestamps down in the description. So you can just hop around, find the questions that matter to you. Uh, but I do encourage you to sit back and listen because there's a lot of questions that answer or, or that get asked that you might not even know that you had um, that you would like the answers to. And it in addition to that, there's some fun banter and things like that, so you can listen to it in the background, whatever. But I encourage you just to sit back because you'll learn a ton about YouTube during the uh, process. But if you are here today and this is your first time here, if you are participating in the stream, I do want to let you know that if you have a question that you want answered, we have a form that's down in the description. It is 100% free is to put not. your question down into that form, and we are answering them in the order that they are received. And the thing that I want you to know is that if you put your question down there right now, it is guaranteed to get answered on the stream today because we just have a few uh, responses since I turned the form on. So make sure you get your question down there right now. And it's also important to know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you do bulk updates. So let's say, for example, you got to change a bunch of stuff in your video descriptions. You can use TubeBuddy to do it in a matter of minutes instead of it taking you all day or even a couple of days if you have a big archive. They help you optimize your videos for search specifically they help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you are making are effective for the people that you're trying to reach. They have AI tools that will help you write better titles. They have um, um, a shorts identifier. I don't even know what that, what that one's called, you're really. But basically, but basically what it does I don't believe is, you. It, is it looks in your videos and it helps you identify the places that, uh, that your audience is responding to the content so you can actually sample those out as shorts, which is really cool. But there's over 90 different tools, and we don't want to sit here and go through all of them, of course. You tapped but there's out at six. 90 different tools <laughs> that will help you with your YouTube channel, and you can try them out for yourself at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin, or you can hit the link down in the description that will take you straight there and there's also links down there to a bunch of other helpful things including StreamYard which is the co-sponsor of this stream. StreamYard is the live streaming platform that we use to stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern and the reason that we use StreamYard is because it's easy. They make it easy to bring guests on, they make it easy to add graphics on the screen, videos, add background music. Um, they even hold the stream open for you in the cloud which means if you have a technical problem, your gear starts glitching out or something like that, you won't lose your entire audience if your stream goes down because because StreamYard will hold the stream open for about 10 minutes, which gives you time to actually come back into the stream, which is great. We've had to use that a bunch of times. So you can try StreamYard for yourself to see everything that it can do for you as well at StreamYard.com. Or of course, I got links to that down in the description um, also. So let's talk about you tapped out at six things for two, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And then you went on to say there were 90 something things. Yes, yeah. I don't believe so, you. Well, I just like that, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to take up the whole stream by, you know, listing out, you know, all the different tools and Give me you know, two things more. like two that. Two more tools. Okay. So we have the uh, retention analyzer, um, and, which is uh, uh, when you first go in there. And then they also have a uh, like upload checklist. 
Yep. Not bad. Eight, yep. eight yep. out of ninety something. Right. Not bad. So, <laughs> Think you need a little refresher course over there. So hey, really quick, let's talk about content creators <laughs> quitting YouTube because Jerry Popandre here. He's like, hey, yeah, where, where's your you know YouTubers quitting yeah. uh, quitting video? Yeah. So here's something funny. Yeah. So I made that video. You did. Yeah, I made that video. I but, quit in real life, so but I didn't. I didn't, have to make I didn't put it up. Right. Yeah, so I, I made that video, but I didn't put it up. Um, and I made like nine different versions of it. By the time I get to the ninth version, I'm like, okay, this is like my ninth try trying to make this video. And I said in the video, I was like, okay, this is my ninth try trying to make this video because every time I make this video, it starts steering into this like negative place. And I just, you know, I'm kind of weird about that. And then I just ended up just scrapping that video uh, entirely. You should have kept it real. Yeah, I know. should have just kept well, it real. Well, it's not, it's not just that. It's just that, you know, it, it, it kind of bounces around from one, people not paying attention to what What's actually going on which here we go <laughs> like for example right tom scott everybody's like oh tom scott's quitting he's Do not it. quitting tom scott is not quitting yes. youtube what he's doing is he's scaling back let it Matt flow. Pat, not quitting what he's doing is changing his place in the company let um you know the other content creators you know it's they're not quitting but a lot of them are lowering the bar but a content, lot of them quit though but content creators do quit you know, on a regular basis, they've been quitting. You know, one of the one of my favorite content creators of all time is a guy named Mystery Guitar Man. Oh, yeah, Hi. yeah, Mystery Guitar Man. And um, with him, he quit like six years ago. You know, he was just peaking. You know, like he was everything he put out was just getting slammed. And uh, incredible content creator. And uh, and he quit. You know, years ago, Vsauce. He quit for a while. I don't know if he's still uploading now, but, you know, he quit for a while. And then I believe he might have come back. But, you know, when it comes to that, you know, like when it comes to people quitting YouTube, in some cases it's burnout. Other cases, people get opportunities. They move on. Sometimes people build businesses around their channel that ends up taking time and they walk away, you know, for those reasons. And, you know, all kinds of different reasons that, you know, people leave YouTube. So but that's right not, now. That's not what he asked. He asked you about the videos about people quitting. Right. Um, so but he, was, he said, where's my video okay. about people quitting? Okay. Yeah. So I'm just talking about, you know, that whole thing. And in addition to that, you when it comes, it. when it comes to the videos of, you know, people doing that smart YouTubers right now are making videos about it and it's making it look like it's like a problem of some kind, which yeah, it's yeah. not. So, uh, so that's my, you know, that's my, that's my, that's my thought on it. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but I, uh, you know, a lot of these creators who are quitting have been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that some people just, at a certain point, you just lose interest. But you lose interest and you're tired of running in the hamster wheel. Yeah, I, I think there's like... Who, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not Matt sure. Cobalt did the video about the, the longevity. Yeah, the seven-year lifespan. Seven-year yep. lifespan mm -hmm. of the average, average creator, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So I, I think there's, you know, at a certain point, you're just like, you know what? Maybe it's just time to do something else. Right. Tired of running in the hamster wheel. Right. I love to make stuff. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to make stuff for YouTube anymore. Right. One thing and, that and I, that's a whole thing that I went into in that video too, is, you know, it, it, like everything is dependent on what you're trying to do. Like nobody has to run in the hamster wheel, but if you want to perform at a high level, just like with anything no. else in yeah. your life, then you have to run in the hamster wheel. You know, the, the example that I gave, I think during Zach's stream uh, yesterday, the day before was, you know, you have people that go to the gym. You have the person that goes and they just, you know, they just hop on the treadmill, whatever, do their cardio, and then they get out of there. Um, that person has a lot lower of a requirement of what they need to do in order to achieve whatever goal it is that they have. Then you have the people that want the sculpted bodies. Those people have to go in. They're probably going to spend more time in the gym. They're going to be controlling their diets more, things like that. So they have to do more in order to achieve whatever it is that their goal is what around their fitness. <laughs> I, I'm talking about what what's are you required. Talking about? I'm talking about what's required. So <laughs> if you're going to 
to perform at the level that these, you know, content creators that have been doing this for so long, if you're going to perform at that level, then, you know, then that's being on that hamster wheels is a part of that requirement. But, you know, you can opt out of that, you know, at any time. So uh, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, we we, so we disagree on this chat. stuff and we're not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> So, so we've got we've got uh, traveling with Brian, who's been a member for 16 months. Hey, traveling Brian, thank you for your support. That says super excited. I finally uploaded my third long form video. Muchos gracias, Nick and D, for helping me uh, for helping give me a clue. You guys rock. Thank you, Brian. Glad to see that you have uploaded your third long form uh, video. So I guess you are just uh, you know starting to upload now. So you know try to keep up a you know pace with that. Um, if that is something that you are you know trying to do in terms of you know taking it seriously, trying to grow the channel, that kind of stuff. Bones and nachos to you too. Also, um, Cordelia, member for 26 wow. months. Thank you for Love that it. as well. And uh, we have a super chat from Amazing uh, Yacht Destinations. And the super, super chat says, chat. thank you for keeping it positive and keeping us inspired. My pleasure. See, that's Glad why that you're enjoying make the content. That video. That's why you yep. didn't make the video. Yeah, I made it. I, I just, uh, you know, I just didn't, uh, I just didn't publish it. Yeah. And the whole thing is just a rant, like hard, hardly any editing at all. It's just basically me just, you know, talking about, you know, that whole thing and were how, you, were you, how it's been made into something that it's not actually that. So if you start looking into like what's actually happening, like, uh, you know, like all of the, all of the stuff that started this weird awareness, you know, in the in the YouTube space about people worried about uh uh you know everybody quitting youtube or whatever yeah um you know when you start looking at that it's like okay well nobody's actually uh you know they're not actually quitting they're just scaling back what it is that they're doing and they're pri and they're prioritizing quitting, yeah. they're prioritizing you know things that are more important to them in their lives right now but is your was your video about more about why people quit or is it more about people who make the videos a little bit of everything a little bit of everything a little bit of everything so it's it's about a misunderstanding. It's about side conversation. So, for example, Brian G. Johnson in the house. What's up, hey. dude? So uh, one of the uh, this guy. One of the other things. This is, guy. Yep. In Brian's group in Tube Ritual, there's a conversation going on in there around it. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that was mentioned in there from a successful content creator, and I'm not going to say you know their name, but we both you know know them and have hung out you know at events and stuff. They're like, yeah, you know, uh, with my uh, content, I have a successful YouTube channel. I'm full time and I'm doing this. Yeah. But I don't have a life. And yeah. in my video, I'm like, it's yeah. a choice. You've it's chosen to make that type of content that is going to put you in that situation right like when we come on when we come on to youtube hey, jevin dovey what is going on dude hope that you are doing fantastic nice to see you in here but yeah like when we go onto youtube you know we have the choice on like what niche we're going to go into sure. what we're going to talk about how often we're going to publish how long our videos are going to be if we're going to get help or not yeah right like you know some people they just want all that control and since they want all that control and they're not willing to you know delegate anything then it's like, well, then you can't complain if, if, you know, if it's too much, right? One thing that several people who did actually quit, uh, they said that it resonated with me a lot was that they just got tired of always having it in their brain. Like as, as a content creator, you're always thinking about like stats. You've been self-employed most of your life. Yeah. But I, I and it's always in your brain. YouTube's different. How? Because you're always trying to think of like that next video. You're always thinking about, I wonder if I got comments. But or you've wonder... always been that way with every nah, business that you've, that you've done. There's something about being on YouTube, at least for me, and those, and I'm not the only one because other people have said this in their videos mm -hmm. too. It, it's like always just a little scratching thing in the back of your head where it's, you know, 
3 a.m. and I should be going to bed, but I'm, I'm going to take one last look at my stats. I'm going to open up mm -hmm. the YT Studio app one right. more time. Like, that's like an extra little scratch. Right. And so but but okay it's all a choice, it. though, right? Like, it's all a choice. And, and like you're saying, with everybody being okay with it, you know, that's yeah. because, or not everybody, but some people being okay with it, it's because it's a, uh, you know, it's because it's a choice. Yeah, he's a, yeah. How much are they paying you? Um, it's, it's, it's a substantial amount yeah, of money. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, substantial <laughs> amount of money. Yeah, for, for that. That's yeah. what I thought, man. That's no, what I thought. No, not really. Not really. Not really. Not really. <laughs> all right, let's move on and answer some questions. All right. We can so, talk about this all day long. Yeah, and yeah. We, yeah we, we disagree on some of this stuff. Yeah, like working on that video, like it kind of helped me work out my thoughts on everything. Did it? And yeah, and, and, it, and it really just kind of put me in a, in a, that's why I didn't publish the video. Because I was mm. like, yeah, I even say in the video, you I'm like, have. yeah. I was like, yeah, this is my ninth time. And I was like, I'm not going to remake it again. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking. And if you want to eat me in the comments, you can. <laughs> like that, that's the direction that the video ended up going. So, I think uh, Jerry said it here yeah. in the, the chat. Like consider maybe releasing that as a member's video. Yeah, members possibly. Only. Yeah, possibly. I, I, yeah, I'd like to to get like a full. Yeah, you know, well I might make it totally. Yeah, I might make a whole new one. Number you 10. Know, since it's members. Number 10. Yeah, number 10. Just sir, since it's members. So then I can just take a totally different approach there. What do you guys think? And just talk directly to them. What do you guys think? Uh, so, so with this one, right? So like, um, like in the Tom Scott situation, people are so uninformed on yeah. what's happening yeah. that he had to change his video title and thumbnail because people didn't get past the part of, of him, of him painting the picture like he was quitting. Oh, right. So, uh, so people aren't even, I'm, I'm not saying you guys aren't, but like, you know, at scale, yeah. like people, you know, just aren't even informed on it. People are just watching other people, seeing other people's video titles about everybody's quitting YouTube. And, uh, and it's causing this like weird. Yeah. Members, thing. members. So what do you think? Members video? Think you should make that as yeah, a, maybe a members maybe video? Maybe I'll put that in there for you guys. Yeah. 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 Good call. I love it. Yeah. So then that way I should do that with any of the videos that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to publish this one. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll make videos and then I'll be like, eh, you know what? I'm, I'm not putting this one out. And what happens when yeah. you do a lot of times those, those well, I know, I know, but, but there's also the thing of like, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Like, uh, you know, some stuff it's just, you know, better in my mind a lot of than videos, it is uh you know actually putting it out into the public some of know? my top performing videos are videos i almost didn't release yeah because in my brain i was like that is trash yeah for whatever well, it's reason. not about that it's not about it being trash it's just no. more about like am i representing myself in the best way here and is is all of the things that i'm saying on brand <laughs> right there's that too so Super See, chat. That within itself is mm -hmm. a whole nother area of YouTube. But that's not even about YouTube. That's just yeah. about how I want to represent myself publicly. Holy right? cow. So, Jasori Arts. I'm, I'm going to film you off. Thank you for, this. <laughs> Thank you for it, the super chat. I'm going to create a channel says, called like uh, Nick Exposed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. So, uh, Jasori um, Arts says, um, how can I go about growing while keeping my real name hidden entirely? I don't want to reveal my name whatsoever. Is it possible to grow still? Absolutely it is. So when it comes to uh, when it comes to that, it's funny. I'm taking it off. He's putting it back on yeah. for the comment. Yeah. So I was in Opus Clip and uh, I was looking at the clips available there, and a lot of them are ruined from the uh, thing being on the screen. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. And I forgot to mention that actually before what, you the don't uh, want stream. Me, you do not want me to put that on there for Opus yeah, Clips. Yeah. 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 Because no, then when I'm repurposing, it just puts this big like colored bar across it, and it's just kind of uh, just kind of weird. So uh, but, just want to let you guys know that I'm not putting your super chats on the screen mm -hmm. so he can get some extra views. Yep. Just, yep. just letting you know how yep. that, 
plays right. out. Right. Okay. Right. Did you get amazing yacht destinations? Yes, I did. Okay. And uh, so Jasari Art says, how can I go about growing while keeping my real name <laughs> hidden entirely? Um, I don't want to reveal my name whatsoever. Is it possible to grow still? Absolutely. So if you look on YouTube, um, most of what you see, if you even just go through the chat right now and you look at all the different channel names, um, there's very few that are actually, you know, the people's names. So when it comes to YouTube, like a lot of people, um, you know, they will have a channel name and that channel name isn't their name. And when it comes to you, of course, course you can introduce yourself with just your first name if you choose to do that or just don't just don't introduce yourself at all and just get into the actual content so when it comes to uh when it comes to you know putting yourself out there if you do go by your real name then you will have you know weird people you know that will you know just like call you you know they'll hunt you down and they'll like call you randomly or you know in some cases they'll send people stuff or whatever so when you do have they, that layer of protection of a channel name um then it can be beneficial for your privacy um also you know when it comes to people hacking people and things like that you got to keep in mind when you're putting yourself on youtube you know especially if you are in like a recording environment then people can be like oh well it looks like they've got you know a nice you know Know, whatever um and then you know you're pretty much just showing people the things that you have yeah. which can then also you know create a target you know for for you for somebody that that Wants you know can track it. down your name right go steal your right. stuff right that yeah. happened to pat flynn it um, happened to a handful of yeah, creators to pat been flynn, i think yeah. jerry uh jerry rig everything i think it happened it's, to him too it's happened it? to a handful of creators yeah. hey daniel how yeah you so you got to be you got to be you know really mindful um about that kind of stuff just because you know it's the internet did daniel Batal, what's going on man hope you're doing great did you get the uh super chat from iphone chris um, I have not made it that far down in the and Monique left one yeah, as well. Give me one second. Go over there to start, and you should be able to see it. All right, iPhone Chris, thank you for the super sticker man. Super, uh, super appreciated. And um, let's see here. We got the uh, member uh, Monique. So let me see what uh, Monique's said. Yeah, I see the thing here, but I don't see the message inside of the thing. It says, uh, the wheel keeps spinning. Still working on your suggestions. Fantastic. Yeah, we uh, we pulled her up during the monetization stream uh, the other day. Mm. Yes, that's good. There you go. So next up, we got Lazarus Reacts. So let's go ahead and hop into the form, uh, D. So we got Lazarus uh, Reacts here. Lazarus Reacts uploads every other day. Been on YouTube for one year or more. They do anime reactions. The goal of the channel is building a community of anime nerds. The question is, is it safe to swear on YouTube? I know that YouTube did a video where they talked about allowing mild swearing after 30 seconds. I swear quite a bit in my videos, so just wondering if you have any insight on that. Um, so yeah, you can swear in your videos as long as it's not excessive. Um, I don't have anything that that defines what excessive is as, you know, as it relates to YouTube. Um, but you know, just you can swear, you can use language like that, um, but I just wouldn't overdo it, right? Um, and by, you know, doing that, just keep in mind, as of right now, um, you know, it's fine after that, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. However, you know, things always change. And, uh, you know, it's possible that down the road, um, you know, that might end up, you know, causing some issues. But for right now, it's perfectly fine. And the reason I'm bringing up, you know, down the road is because, when they first introduced the thing about swearing, some content creators have swearing as part of their intros and things like that. And when they first started penalizing people for that, um, it actually caused quite a blowback from the creator community because a lot of content creators were getting uh, their videos monetization just stripped away um, because they had that as part of their intros or as part of what they did as the videos were opening up. Um, so you just have to make sure that what you're doing, and I, I always talk about this because we put a lot of work into our YouTube channels and this stuff takes so much time to do and so much energy. So um, one of the things I always like to remind people of is 
you know, the way things are currently doesn't mean that it's going to be that way in the future. And if you can make sure that you are just being mindful of like, okay, am I, am I using things like, am I using copyright protected material and I'm getting away with it currently because I just have like a really small clip that I use. Well, that's probably going to come back to get you at some point in the future. So because of that, it's best just to not even use those sort of things, right? Unless you're using them in the proper way from, you know, through fair use. So when it comes to language, you know, same exact thing. Um, it's fine, you know, right now, but just in the future, that's why you want to make sure that it doesn't get too excessive so that if they're like, oh, hey, well now you just have to say X amount of words and then it's a problem. Um, just so, you know, you don't end up in, you know, uh, the collateral damage, so to speak, uh, around that. I think that's bizarre that they had that set. It's like, okay, after a certain amount of time, yeah, you can swear. Yeah. It's just weird. It is weird. Yeah, yeah I, I'm guessing it's based around, you know, like that typical introduction of the video because you see the ad on the way in. So yeah. I think I what's think up, what they're swear words. Right. What's up? Swear <laughs> words. Yeah, I, I, I think I think what I think what yeah. they're trying to do is because, you know, nobody, you know, well, I won't say nobody, but some brands don't want their sure. brands associated with that. So I think they're just trying to create a buffer like we were talking about earlier with the border. Right. How they have that like hundred mile you <laughs> right. know thing or whatever. Right. right so right, I think right. that's their version of uh, of that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with creators who swear in their video as long as it feels natural. Right. If it's like, oh, I'm swearing to try to be like, you know, cringy in some way or something like that. Yeah, I've come across some creators where it just feels like they're trying to be Mm -hmm. edgy by swearing. That's the word I was looking for, edgy. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it just just doesn't feel right. But, you know, I I think swearing has its place. Sure. So, absolutely it does. Yeah. Um, so Tube Spanner, thanks for the Sometimes super chat, says, um, I hear the Nike team also quit track. YouTube. They just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I like that one. I, I, yeah, I think that one's all right because like Nike's thing is just do it. Love it. Hey, Zach. Jasozi Art says, um, how would not revealing my name affect any sort of monetization efforts, whether via YouTube or other merch and growth aspects that come with YouTube? Well, when it comes to things to where you are going to be uh, liable when it comes to taxes, then you are going to have to give your real name with that. But if you're giving your name to you like YouTube or, you know, other things that you do around monetization, because I mean, it's a requirement. You can't get around that. What I'm talking about is, you know, publicly putting yourself out there. But when it comes to, you know, things like, hey, I want to make money from YouTube, then in that case, you are going to have to put in your real name because, you know, they send out like 1099. Well, don't send out, but they have like 1099s and things like that. Um, and you need to, you know, Make sure that you're compliant with that sort of thing. Same exact thing if you start promoting things as an affiliate, um, if you start selling merchandise or anything like that, um, anything that has a legal requirement for those places to do any type of reporting, um, you're absolutely going to have to put your name um, and your you know social security name for those things. Um, one thing that you can do is you can set up like an LLC or something like that to create like one extra layer there, and then you can have that LLC be the thing that's collecting um, all of that um, as well. So next up, I don't think I've ever heard you swear in a video. No, ever. Nope. Nope. You've heard me swear like just having coffee, but like, uh, yeah, in in videos, the reason I don't do that is because, you know, sometimes people are watching with their kids and, you know, they don't, you know, they don't want that. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, like I know that, uh, when it comes to working with brands and stuff, you know, sometimes people are sensitive to that sort of thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to cost myself just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't find another word to use in place. Right. Yeah. I'm the same way. I I try to keep things brand friendly and family family friendly. friendly. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, it just opens it up for my audience that way. Right. Instead of just narrowing it down and saying, okay, well, I only want adults to watch. I only want people who have an open mind. Uh, right. it's just, and it, it doesn't bother. It, by the way, if you want to swear, go ahead and swear. Yeah, right. I don't care. But just for me swear. personally, right. brand friendly, uh, family friendly. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've let a few things slip on some live streams. But that's not the norm. Right. That's just kind of like an oopsie. It just kind of came out. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the thing with live streams, too. It's like yeah. once it comes out, you're like reeling it back in like, no, 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 no. And, yeah. you have to, and you have to try to not bring attention to it so that uh, so it doesn't put a spotlight on what yeah, you just did. Because I'm curious, how many people are watching right now? And sometimes nobody is. But if you're watching with children right now, it just anyone under the age of just, I don't know, 10. Like to or 10, just 11, 12. Any age, or if you just don't like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't like swearing or if you're watching with children, let us know in the chat. I'm, I'm really curious. Mm-hmm. So uh, Irvine Mesa says that they uh, do web coding tutorials. The goal of the channel is to educate beginners of web programming, um, the skills to succeed in their careers. The question is, I've noticed uh, some YouTube channels now have the course feature displayed alongside the live videos and playlist menu. Who qualifies to have this feature and will it be available to everyone soon? Yes. So when it comes to the course feature right now, that's kind of like the thumbnail A-B testing thing where some people have it, some people don't. So usually when they roll out features, in some cases, if it's something basic, then they'll just kind of roll it out to everybody. but in a lot of cases, if it's a major feature like that to where it requires infrastructure, kind of like the thumbnail testing and that sort of stuff, um, then in that particular case, they'll roll it out to groups of people at a time. Um, so, yeah, it'll be coming. I'm sure there's going to be some type of like subscriber requirement for it. Um, probably, you know, you got to be in the partner program, obviously, if you're going to be selling courses, making money, that sort of thing. Um, so you are going to have those type of requirements still. So it's not going to be something to where somebody can start a channel today and start selling courses, you know, directly off of their channel. And Unless they make some type of change, um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's the thing. You will be getting that um, option eventually, as long as you're in the partner program. So Ron's trains and things. And hey, what's up, Ron? Hey, Ron, how you doing, buddy? Um, he says I don't swear on video nor in life. So here's something really interesting, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but when we lived in the United States, for me it was like 20 years ago or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I think I would, I, I, I sweared more. I think I said more words like that mm-hmm. uh, there. But living in Asia, you got to be more mindful of what you're saying. Yeah, it makes me more mindful here. There's just like a whole cultural thing going on here. And, and number one, I mean, they don't, they understand some of the words, you know, some of the the, more, the stronger words. But it's just, it makes me more mindful here where things might be a lot more uh, acceptable in the United States. Things are a lot, like it's, it's not here. Right. So I've had to reel that in significantly here. Plus, Which, if you're just communicating with people here yeah. locally, like, yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. yeah, that just makes it harder for them to understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that being surrounded by culturally different people made me reel in a lot of that stuff. Trying to learn bikes. What's going on, man? Hope you're doing great. Um, they do DIY motorcycle maintenance content. Um, the question is, are there any reasons to not set up a merch store to sell items on a YouTube channel? What are the hidden negatives people may not consider? None, really. Um, I mean, if you just start crushing in merch, then you're going to have a good problem, which is, you know, you would be generating, you know, extra revenue from that. But, you know, once you do cross a certain amount of income earned, then, you know, you do have to claim that on your taxes. So that's if you're in the United States. So that's the only, you know, it's the only negative that I can, uh, that I can, that I can think of. But I mean, that's not a negative because you're making more money. So uh, that's the only thing really um, that I can, that I can think of. Do you, do you think of any negatives for merch? 
Uh, negatives for merch. I guess the only, I, I guess there is one. So let's say you have <laughs> yeah. something that you're trying to bring attention to, and yeah. then down in your video description, you have the merch link. If somebody ends up clicking that link instead of clicking the link of the thing you're trying to bring attention to, they end up getting lost over there and not coming back and actually getting something that you would make a substantial amount of money off of compared to, you know, what it is that you'd make yeah. off of merch. Yeah. When, I, when you're uploading a YouTube video, I think it's important to be intentional with every, <laughs> you know, every video that you upload, every link that you put in, be intentional with it. Yeah. So if you have a situation where maybe you have the the merch shelf displayed hey, but you're you really want to bring attention to something else <laughs> whoa i like that design and they click off and they're off to to wherever to buy something and maybe you make four dollars versus sending somebody on to watch more videos or to, to buy something where you could have made a higher uh you know a, a larger amount of money on that so i but i don't really see that a negative i mean people are going to buy what they want to buy right. and if they want to buy your merch to support you i think that's cool yeah so i don't I'm not even sure i would call that a negative yeah you know, you it's just kind of like a distraction, maybe. Yeah. But you know, I wouldn't call it a negative. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. You know, it's if people are going to buy your your the stuff that you make, mm -hmm. I just think that's cool. It is. Yeah. So I'm not going to call that a negative at all. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, I'd rather you buy my shirts and like a microphone. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because then there's like, I mean, of course, if you're like road or sure, they want you to buy the microphone. But for me, I just think it's cooler. If I saw you out, if I saw you out and about and you're like, dude, I got your shirt. Right. Versus like, dude, check out the microphone you recommended. Right. Like I would be so much more. I'd be like, dude, your shirt. Like, thank you. Yeah, thank you right. for buying the shirt. Right. Versus the microphone. Hey, I'd be speaking like, of which, you gotta, you still gotta send uh, Zach a, uh, over at Zach Talks Tech a shirt. I'm on top of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm way on top of yeah, it. Yeah. He mentioned that the other day. Oh uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, build with Mooney is our uh, next question. Been on YouTube less than a year. Woodworking content. The goal is to share, teach, and have fun. And the question is, um, I need help adding cards. I tried a few times, and what I noticed is that the card was added to the entire video, popping up immediately. Obviously, I'm doing something wrong, sliding the time frame to pop up towards the end of the uh, video anyways. Is there a trick to this? Because now I'm shy to try it again. So when it comes to um, adding the card to the video, all you got to do is slide the timeline to the place that you want to add that card and then click add card. Um, and then it's going to put that little blue sliver there because they, they don't show up for the entirety of the video. They just show up for uh, you know that little sliver of time. Um, so what you want to do is you just want to find the place in the timeline, click there to add the card. And if it puts it in the wrong place, then you can just grab it and slide it around um, and you should be good to go. Uh, you should be good to go from there. Zach talks tech and with the super chat. Super oh. chat. This is for me. Yep. So this is fun. We were just talking about this tonight. D, please post more creator mix on TikTok. Yep, so told him. Continue the music on our videos and give the uh, service amazing exposure. So here's mm -hmm. the funny thing about that. I had everything on TikTok at one point. Mm -hmm. But what happens is if you actually go to the website and you download a music track from the website and then you use that in TikTok and you upload that to TikTok and that song is put into TikTok, sometimes TikTok will give you a claim on that. Not a big deal because most people aren't monetized on TikTok anyway. Right. But it, that's just kind of a headache. It's one of the you know pitfalls of that. So I, I, I can put some more stuff. It's, it's a matter of like clicking some buttons and letting it get distributed across the platform. Clicking some stuff. Clicking some stuff. So uh, the next question that we have here is a super chat from, um, let's see here. Oh, put it on the screen, Butterfingers. From, uh, from uh, Josie, uh, Josori Arts again says, always super worried, chat. always worried that if I have my name on legal private stuff, that it would lead to needing to reveal my name publicly. Um, definitely calms my nerves. Yeah, you don't have to do that. And even other things as well, like um, let's say, for example, you have a, uh, you know, um, a, a channel name and then you need to sign a contract. Um, you can also do that either under your LLC 
LLC, or you can just have that conversation with the brand that you're talking to. And you can be like, Hey, this is my channel name. You know, this is me. So, you know, um, I'd, you know, appreciate if you didn't say anything or technically you could have them sign an NDA or something like that, um, to where they, you know, couldn't reveal it. Like if you're, if you're, if it's something that concerns you, um, then, you know, you can, you can take that route yep. uh, as well. Um, I don't know what country you're in, but if you're in the United States, you are, they have all sorts of different structures that you can set up to really protect yourself and to keep things as private as possible. Yep. Next, uh, next super chat. We have uh, lady Rose reading says, um, how can my channel immediately pop up in the search box uh, without putting my name in? I feel it's one of the problems. So when I go and I put your, and I, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question, but if I put your name in YouTube search, your channel pops up right here at the top. I actually have it on my screen right now. And then it has a latest from Lady Rose readings. Um, I see those videos and then it shows me the latest shorts from you. And then as I continue to go down the page for quite some time, actually, it's showing me a community post from you and um, and some other videos before it gets into the people almost uh, or also watch section. Um, if you mean like um, if somebody starts typing in lady, how does yours come up? That will happen when people are searching for you at scale. Um, so if people like if, if people are searching for your name and YouTube starts to determine that they're searching for your name, like if it starts with the lady and then, you know, it goes from there, like as they get closer and closer to the full name, basically, if people are searching for other people, you know, more than they're searching for you, then they're going to be prioritized because YouTube's trying to help people find the thing that, you know, people generally search for more. So uh, so if yours is like once you start getting more activity i mean you're already at six thousand subscribers you know on your uh channel but you know as more people start actually looking for you by name then you know your name will uh your name will pop up more okay let's have see here chatty kathy chatty kathy thanks for super chat says a um a creator twenty two thousand subs said uh, YouTube messaged him saying that he had invalid traffic. He said he doesn't watch his own videos. YouTube took a lot of his revenue back. What do you think happened? So um, this is a really common bug on uh, YouTube. So basically, um, this comes from the AdSense side of things. So um, there's different things that can trigger this. So for example, let's say, um, and, and I don't know if people are using this maliciously or what it is, but like, let's say for example, this is the example that's given. Let's say that you have a, a friend and they just put your videos in a playlist and they're just sitting there, you know, and they just kind of let your playlist roll and then they, you know, go away from the computer or whatever. Then like technically, you know, you can, you can have it happen there. So that whole thing is weird to me and I really don't know what's going on. I've been hit with that thing twice and um, so far it hasn't have a, had a negative impact on anything, but it has hit me two times um, and I keep getting that notification, you know, both times and um, it hasn't, it hasn't caused anything, but I know on other channels, people are like, yeah, we've lost substantial amounts of, you know, revenue and I've seen that too. So, um, so because of that, I'm not sure what happened in their particular case, but this is a definite problem right now. And I know that, uh, you know, uh, the blame is put on AdSense, but since those AdSense videos are showing up on YouTube and it's impacting content creators, in my opinion, YouTube needs to, I mean, they're, they, you know, they're under the same umbrella. So, you know, they need to Ella. work together Ella. and they, yeah, and they need to, they need to, they need to figure out a solution because it's not cool that, uh, that they're allowing their content creators to essentially be thrown under the bus for whatever, you know, for whatever that bug is. Um, I think it's, I think it's uncool. Yeah. So. 
that that one did not sound like you were paid to say that yeah yeah i like that it's cracking a little bit and like you're coming out <laughs> you need funny. to make that video make that video and let it out uh, let it flow let the hate flow yeah. through you yeah. let it out i'm here to help not cause negativity <laughs> So, uh, Rhonda's lovely spa says YouTube blocks me from um, uh, from upload movie Ben public domain. YouTube movies have the same uh, movie and can be seen. There are biases, even though I love YouTube. What to do? So, um, if you are uploading content, even though it's in the public domain, if their system is flagging you, that's one of those things to where you know it, it's kind of out of your control in that particular situation. You can try. So, one thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you're getting a claim, you can try to dispute it and say that it's fair use and yep. let them look at it and see. Yeah, it's in the it's in the public domain, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you should be fine. Um, so, yeah, disputing it would be the thing. Also, reaching out to Team YouTube, which might just send you to, like, some type of help doc or something like that. Uh, but sometimes they can, you know, go in there and actually, you know, help you. Like, a lot of people are getting, uh, you know, good support now through Team YouTube. Um, so, because of that, make sure that you are following them on Twitter, everybody. So, if you do have any serious, you know, issues with your channel so that you can at them on Twitter or X um, uh, to, to help you out. Cause that's kind of where YouTube support is now. I'm sorry. Arts came back with another super chat with a question it says, yes, I'm in the USA. What structures do you mean? Um, okay. I don't know what state you're in. And even if you were to tell me, I'm not going to know the details of your right. state. I've, I've lived out of the U S for like 20 years, but you, there are States, uh, Wyoming, Nevada, New Mexico, um, Cherry, <laughs> Delaware, I believe you can get anonymous LLCs set up to where you use registered agents to set those up. However, there could be tax implications for you based on what the state that you live in and how that's set up. You can also get DBAs set up within that. So technically you could even sign some agreements under the DBA, but you, if you're going to get, you know, if you're going to be monetized and you're going to accept money, um, you can then take uh, the documentation from that, the corporate documents, the corporate documents, open up the bank account with it, but you will have to provide identification with the bank. But in terms of just general um, protecting your identity, you can set up an anonymous LLC. I think it's like Wyoming, Delaware, New Mexico. There's another one. Don't look at me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of states you can do that in. So then if you actually look it up, so if you go to the registry and you go to look up those companies, your name will not show up. The registered agent name will show up instead. How we got here, Genealogy. Brian says, uh, says, do you need to change his niche to a uh, how to taunt and provoke your younger brother channel? Yeah, he does. He yeah. does. Really good. Really good at that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Just we need a what's what's a Gary V's guy's name? I don't know. The camera guy. Don't know. Yeah, he, has a, he had a camera guy who just followed yeah, him around. Yeah, it's like Dan or Dave or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Dave or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, just need one of those. Yeah. He just follows around. Just me taunting you. <laughs> right. And it, yeah. And it, uh, now, he actually doesn't put up with it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I rub him a lot live like this, but normally he just like throws coffee at me or something. Yeah. I just like. <laughs> I'll give him noogies. <laughs> yeah. So Neuro Soup. Um, is our next question here. They upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is art education and art vlogs. The goal of the channel is to help educate as many artists as possible. And the question is, um, what are the best practices for getting videos to show up in Suggested in addition to Search? My videos mostly show up in Search. Trying to get more of them in Suggested since that's where 75% of YouTube views come from. The recommendation system is where most of the views come from, which is which Suggested is part of. The recommendation also includes, you know, home pages. So, when it comes to your video showing up on YouTube Home or suggested videos or both, um, and YouTube search, 
everything is dependent on how people respond to your videos. So the reason that people are, are responding well to your videos in search is because when people are actively looking for videos on the topics that you've made, you're good at, you know, at least getting them to show up there. And then when people click on those videos, they're coming in and they're, you know, getting what they wanted because, you know, they're searching for it. So you're good there at grabbing their attention. So if you're not getting attention in the recommendation system and people aren't responding to you there, then what you need to do is you need to look at how you're packaging your videos. And by packaging, um, that also includes your topic, but it also includes your thumbnail and your title. So the way that you gotta think about this is if somebody's looking for your videos, then it's a low hanging fruit, right? Because they're already interested in what it is that you're doing and you're only competing with a handful of results there in terms of the choices for that particular search term. So if people click on your videos in search, they have a good experience um, in comparison to the other videos there. If you end up, you know, having a higher response competitively, then in that case, you can maintain search positions until, you know, somebody comes along with better content. Um, but when it comes to the recommendation system, it's a little bit different. And the reason that it's different is because then it, when you're trying to get traffic from YouTube's recommendation system, you're competing with not just the other videos for that term, not just your niche, but literally everything that YouTube thinks that the viewers that you're trying to reach, everything that the system thinks that those viewers are interested in and that it's presenting to them on their homepage and mobile feeds and in suggested videos. So if you're not getting the response there, what I recommend you do is start looking at your thumbnails and titles and the topics of your videos. Because when you make videos about broader, um, you know, audience things in terms of like, let's say you're serving a niche, right? Because you are, you know, helping artists. So if you're doing art education, when you are coming up with the topics of your videos, it can be helpful to think, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach artists, you know, these specific skill sets. So because of that, what video topics can I talk about that would appeal to the most amount of, you know, these artists that I'm trying to reach. And when you do that, then when YouTube is suggesting your content to, you know, all those artists, then they're more likely to respond just on the topic alone. Um, and then from there, the difference when it comes to search and, uh, and the recommendation system is you have to package your videos up in a way that will grab somebody's attention or essentially help them identify that your content's about something that they might care about to where it grabs their attention, stops them essentially on your content, and then they can read your title and then your title's compelling enough to bring them in. Now, the thing that makes this difficult is again, if they're searching for it, it's easy because they're already, like they're literally seeking out what you've made. But when you're sitting there in a grid or in like a feed on a mobile device, it's totally different because then you have to be more compelling than all of the other things that they're seeing. And that starts at the topic level, right? The topic is the, like the most important thing. But when the, uh, when it comes to the recommendation system, if you wanna get more traffic there, then your videos have to perform better there. So for example. For example. And, 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 and how you optimize makes a difference too. So if, if I was making videos about this old Apple Watch, then in that case, uh, if I was gonna do like a review of this watch, that would be good search, right? And I would know that and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna do this review for this you know, Apple Watch. So because of that, I'm gonna title it around an Apple, Apple Watch review or maybe I'll make a setup video or something like that if I'm trying to get search traffic because those are things that people you know, search for. So because of that, if I'm trying to get search, I would optimize the video around that. And by optimize, I mean make the thumbnail about it, the title about it, and of course the entire video because you have to start at the topic the entire video would be about that review or about the setup or whatever it was that I was trying to get the video to show up and search for. However, when it comes to the recommendation system, because things are different there, 
Now, I'm not just saying this is an Apple Watch review. Instead, and, and don't get me wrong, if your videos show up in search, they're also going to show up in the recommendation system, but it's the response that you have to get that is different. So because of that, you have to act or you have to approach it differently. So the difference is, is if I was trying to get attention from this in the recommendation system, then in that particular case, I might say something like, uh, you know, this watch um, changed how I sleep or this watch, this watch uh, saved my life. This watch I, changed. Yeah. This watch changed my life or yeah, anything right. like that. That happened to Hefe, remember? No, I don't remember that. Yeah. I have got an alarm. I got an alert because it was like, does it checks your heart or whatever? Mm -hmm. And he ended up having to go to the hospital and they found some. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. This was wow. like back when that feature first came out. Oh, wow. I, I don't know if it saved his life, but it, it properly it identified. notified him that yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I think that. that was Ahefe. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, so when it comes to uh, when it comes to that though, when you make it more, uh, you know, appealing in the recommendation system, like this watch, you know, changed my life, changed the way I sleep, um, you know, this life changed everything about my productivity or you know whatever, then in that particular case, it this instantly becomes more. Life. It becomes more um, interesting for people, you know, on home pages because then it's like, oh, what is that watch? Do I have that watch? What features are they using in that watch? And it create it kind of opens everything's everything up on the curiosity side. Um, so you, you have to take a different approach when you're going after recommendations compared to search. But the best thing you can do is if you can try to find a bridge to where you're like, okay, I am going to optimize this for for search so I can show up for these, you know, phrases or terms. And sometimes your videos will show up there anyway because YouTube will detect it's about that but it's like okay if my um uh if i'm trying to show up for these search terms intentionally but i also want that recommendation traffic then in that particular case <coughs> in that particular case let me uh let me try to make the compelling packaging that would get a response on home pages and suggested videos and let me also make sure that i have the keywords and or keyword phrases in there and all of that for youtube search as well all right we got a new channel member property problems Welcome to the Niminati. Property problems, welcome to the Niminati. When you get a chance, go to, let me uh, pull it up here really quick. Go to nimminvip.com. Um, that is going to, I need to redo that and send it to an actual page. But for right now, this is gonna send you to the members only Facebook group if you choose to you know, be a part of that. Um, we also have a, uh, a Discord group that anybody here can join, by the way. Um, it's for the you know everybody that, that hangs out here. But um, if you are a channel member, there's a special section in there for you also. So if you are on Discord, um, then in that particular case, once you you know connect to Discord and you join that group, then in that case, uh, you'll have automatic access there because everything's connected through the back end through YouTube there. Got two other super chats. Um, let's see here. Uh, Hyper's Nate, um, thank you for the super sticker. Super appreciate it. And uh, Jasori Art says, uh, thank you for the help. Uh, if I make it big, you guys are getting massive credit. I've been following your content for a long while, and you guys are absolutely amazing. Cheers to you, too. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. I uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking forward to uh, seeing you thrive. Yeah. In all your uh, privacy. Mm hmm Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, seriously, next up on our list here, um, we've got... Uh, EP videos, diecast racing. They upload when they have time. Um, the type of channel is diecast racing. The goal of the channel is to go full time. And the question is YouTube forcibly changed three of my top performing videos to made for kids. 
I appealed and only got one video switch back. Do I lose some of my ad revenue because of wow. this? And how can I prevent YouTube from changing my videos to made to kids in the future? So first, make sure that you don't have kids in the videos. Um, that'll be step number one. Um, and really, that's pretty much it. So if you have kids in your videos, um, then that that can trigger that sort of thing. Uh, that can trigger that sort of thing uh, from happening. Dr. Geneva speaks. Welcome to the channel membership. Same thing uh, for you in your case. Welcome to the Nimanati. Make sure you go to nimanvip.com. Um, That's going to redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Fill out all the information on the way in. Um, and then if you can do that before the stream is over, then I can um, add you to the group once the stream is complete. And if you are on Discord, also make sure that you um, go into the group there as well. And then you'll have a special members only section uh, in there also. No kids in the videos. Oh. Yeah, in that particular case, I'm not sure because it's diecast racing. Um, so, you know, it's probably younger people watching the content, I would think. I, um, but yeah, I, I would reach out if you I, keep getting flagged like that. I would reach out to Team YouTube um, on Twitter because they, X. you know, yeah, or on X because when they, uh, when they, when, when you have things like this, this is a, a good opportunity there to reach out to them and then be like, hey, I'm having this problem, you know, and then they can uh, they can get you sorted or let you know maybe what could be triggering those videos for getting that. Because the interesting thing here is that you had three of your top performing videos get hit and you got one of them reinstated. So I'm not sure if that was like through an automation or if you had humans look at it. Um, if you, If it was an automation, then reaching out to team YouTube, we'll have actual humans look at it. Yeah. So I would definitely make sure that you do do that. Yeah. And keep pushing. Yeah. Keep pushing. Sometimes you, you need to get humans to actually look yep. at it. Agent KCG says they upload every other day. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. The type of channels teaching real estate photography and Matterport. Uh, the goal of the channel says I want to be the largest and go-to channel in my niche and, of course, get the income up to six figures. And the question is, I currently do photo tutorials in Matterport VR. Um, both work with each other in the same business, but should I narrow down to just one? So if you have a photography business um, around real estate and Matterport, and if you in your industry, if you see a lot of crossover, like, hey, if there's somebody's a photographer, there's a really good chance they're probably on the Matterport or they will be, um, then in that particular case, I would, I would, I would serve both of them. Um, if you are like, yeah, the Matterport is very specialty and only like a handful of people are doing this, then in that case, that's where you might consider, uh, that's where you might consider splitting them up. Super chat. Science based super business. Thank you for the super chat. Says the Super Newman Brothers. Uh, hey guys, I just got my first brand deal. Um, I apparent all the help. Appreciate. Appreciate all the help. Yeah, high five and fist bump hey, to you on your uh, first brand deal. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey Renee, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Says Barney walking dinosaurs. Jurassic Park are similar topics, um, but uh, different audience appeals. It matters less what the creator intends and how Kappa would see it. That's uh, in regards to the kids. Uh, the kids content. Made for kids. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got Learn Spanish World. What What's number up, man? are you on? Uh, we are on number eight. Learn Spanish World says they do educational content. Goal of the channel is to provide well-structured Spanish videos covering a wide range of topics while I work hard trying to become full-time. The question is, are younger YouTubers prioritized over older, less popular YouTubers? I know a few YouTubers who quit because they believe that they're just wasting their time. They argue younger, better-looking kids are truly running the show, regardless <laughs> of a lack of experience or expertise. What do you think? Oh. So here's the thing. When it comes to YouTube, um, there is a substantial amount of younger people on the platform as viewers. Um, there's also older people 
on the platform as viewers as well. But what happens is, of course, you know, we all kind of gravitate to, you know, people that we, you know, resonate with and things like that. So because of that, you know, some younger creators will have, you know, that humongous amount of young people that are on YouTube uh, respond to what it is that they're doing. And it might kind of appear that way. Right. Another thing is that, you know, you got to think young people these days, they've kind of grown up with YouTube. So because of that, when they start YouTube channels, some of them, they have like an innate ability to be like, okay, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, I know that I need to do this. I know that I need to do this. I've been watching these creators for, you know, since I've been a baby. And uh, because of that, I know that yeah, I know what a good thumbnail looks like. I know what a good video is like and things like that. And, um, and they just put to content together in a better way to where, you know, if you have an older person, they might have, if they've never done something like this before, they might have to go through like a huge learning curve, just learning how to edit a video, right? Yeah. Or just learning how to make a thumbnail because they just, you know, they, they might not see it yet just because they haven't, you know, done this type of thing before. So absolutely, there is a place for older content creators. Um, just as an example of this, if you look at channels like Fitness Over 50, right? They just get crushed. Right. So like when it comes to, you know, that type of thing, there's absolutely, you know, all different ages of people watching YouTube. And if somebody is like, instead of thinking of YouTube, like everything that's happening on YouTube, think of YouTube like a bunch of bubbles. Right. So you have, uh, you know, certain people are interested in these topics and they might be younger or older people or maybe a mix, depending on the topic. And then you have some topics where only older people are watching those topics. You have some topics where only like younger people are watching those topics. And because of that, you just need to thrive in your bubble. Right. You don't have to, you know, go over the entire platform. You just have to thrive in your bubble for the audience mm -hmm. that you're trying to reach. Yeah. You know, uh, YouTube is really good at, at giving me content that I want to see. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they're also really good at showing me videos of young kids that I don't want to see. So I can see how someone who's a little bit older can be recommended these videos, you know, and you see, I mean, no disrespect to the, to the younger generation. I think it's awesome. You guys are making content. So don't take this as I'm throwing shade. It's just that when YouTube will sometimes because they're always testing stuff, right. right? They're always testing stuff. And when you have a video- And they're recommending it to you because it's high-performing content. Exactly. They're recommending right. content that's high-performing content. So they're testing it with me to see if I want it. Right. And but by now, you guys should know that I'm not going to watch it. But they keep showing me these young and, and I don't know- maybe under 20 maybe around 20 years old and you can see it but in the to thumbnail. be fair you watch logic tutorials sometimes where it's like a I younger do. person like helping right i do i do so that might be some of you know what's yeah, causing but the, you know, what those they types show of problems me, yeah i know but it's usually yeah maybe maybe uh. that could be it so yeah maybe youtube maybe i'm confusing you because every now and then there's some like hey guys right and you're just like wow this this kid really you know it's like an yeah, eight they year know old. their stuff there's like yeah. some eight-year-old right. teaching me how to use like after effects at like a right. pro level right <laughs> yeah. right right uh, hey guys shut up mom i'm working you know <laughs> right. <laughs> right right so maybe mom, yeah, i'm maybe trying to right. get this video done i'll be in there in a minute right yeah. but youtube will send me like you know and it's in the thumbnails and it can, but they're high performing videos yeah right here's my thing they keep showing me these videos of young kids who are trying to be Mr. Beast. Mm, yeah. And I hate that with every fiber in my mm. being. I don't want to see that. Sure. But it happens so much, I can see how you can say, man, this is just full of kids. Mm. This is just full of younger people. Sure. So I can see that. And have them help you if you start clicking on that stuff and you start watching it to figure out what's going on. Right. Because YouTube's what's gonna say, your rancher oh, you're guy. What, what's the rancher guy? What's his name? Uh, Dwayne. Dwayne, what's his channel? Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. 
Dry, so, Creek, Dry Creek Ranger School. So this Dry Creek Ranger School, right? He's an older guy. Um, uh, his his recent videos haven't done that amazing, but in terms of overall, like his channel um, has just exploded. He's exploded on TikTok, on YouTube, and everything, and he's an older guy, right? So yeah. like there are those cases out there to where you know you have those older content creators that just resonate with the people that you know that YouTube is recommending them to. Yeah. So um, so I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I know when I first started my channel, um, I was uh, in my 30s, and at that time I was like. You know, I'm way too old to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I almost didn't do it because of that. Because I'm like, hey, YouTube's a kid's game. I shouldn't I, even, you know, be doing it. I wish you would have uh, never started. If I know, you would have right? never started, we would have never been here right now. Right, right, right. So, uh, shame. No, but, but, you know, like, think about that, though. You know, like, in, in that particular case, like, if I didn't, then none of this amazing stuff, yeah. you know, would have happened. So, uh, you know, so because of that, just, uh, you know, tell your friends to not look at it like it's a kid's game, but instead look at it like there's an audience out there for them. They just have to figure out who that audience is and then figure out the right content to make that aligns with what it is that they care about um, that will serve that audience. That's all they got to worry about. Because again, you're not trying to reach 2 billion people on YouTube. You are trying to reach the people that that you can serve with your content. And that might be a large audience. It might be like a midsize audience, but that's what you're, that's what you're trying to do. There's an audience for everyone, like uh, Zach Talkstack says right here. Yeah, get in where you fit in. Ernie, I, what's up, man? I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Yep. Make content, put it out, and your audience will find you. Yep. Uh, like you said, you know, there's there's a young, just the sweetest kid who makes, uh, he actually makes lo uh, Logic Pro tutorials mm -hmm. on how to make, like, ambient music and, like, lo-fi. And he, like... He, like, I don't necessarily watch him to learn what he's doing, but there's just something about his, how he speaks. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's good. He's good, by the way. He's crushing it on Spotify. So, I, I mean, you know, I pick up some tips, but, like, that's not really a watch him. It's just, it just it's a wholesome experience, mm -hmm. right? And so I'll watch him for that and then turn around at the same time and watch someone who might be, you know, 70 or 80 years old just giving life advice. Right. Right? Some 80-year-old guy going for a walk, holding the phone up that's you know, not even centered and like, not like looking off, not at the, doing all the wrong stuff. Mm -hmm. Just given like, you know, here's 10 things I would have done differently if I get to relive my life and just, yep. I'm watching that. Right. Right. So, right. you know, getting where you fit in, yep. people will find you and they'll resonate with you or, or they won't, but I can definitely relate to YouTube sometimes showing you a bunch of content that kind of makes you feel like, wow, there's all these, I feel old, yep. like all these kids are old. Just to be clear, the amount of opportunity that's available right now on YouTube is staggering. Yeah. The, the, the trick is figuring out who it is that you're gonna serve with your content. Yeah. Once you figure that out, then everything else can just line up, right? Yeah. Because yeah. then it's like, okay, let me just run it through this filter of this video idea that I have. Do I think they would get value out of this? Yes or no? Yes, okay, let's let's do it. No, okay, well, let's not do it. It's, it's probably not right for that audience. Yeah. That's it. And you just rinse and repeat that, learn how to serve them better over time, learn how to get them to respond better by making thumbnails that are you know more focused, making titles that are a little bit more compelling for that audience, making content in a way that that audience responds to. And that's really important too, because a lot of the, you know, things like you're saying how like the kids are making like Mr. B style content. Yeah. Like there's a lot of older people that are also trying to make that type of content when they're talking about like accounting. Right. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, like, you know, that particular audience might not necessarily respond to that type of content, yeah. even though, you know, the fastest growing channel on YouTube, that's how they do it. You know, every audience doesn't respond to the same thing. So, uh, you know, yeah. there's a place for everybody. I want to throw one more element in there. Yeah, let's keep if, going. If your friend. How much are they paying you? If no, they're not enough. <laughs> they don't pay me enough. <laughs> if, if your friend is making content 
that has a general appeal to children or to a younger generation, that could be it too. For example, and of course, I'm not saying the gaming is is for kids, but I think you're predominantly going to hey, have hey, a hey, 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 hey. you're you're predominantly going to have a younger audience if you're making gaming videos. I think so. You know, if he's making videos that has an appeal to younger a younger audience, I mean that's cool. Well, though. I, I think I think but, the, but I think the problem him. is more about I think the problem is more about uh, just competition. Like, uh, you know, basically yeah. they, they, they feel that they um, can't compete because YouTube is a young person's game. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, what if, you know, what the question kind of felt like there. Yeah. So Vegas Ready, thanks for the super chat, says, um, have this first person Vegas channel doing well. Should I make a second channel called Vegas Ready Clips to put smaller videos on or keep them on the regular channel? So um, the kind of rule here, and I love the language for this. This is something that uh, Renee uh, says. He's YouTube's creator liaison, and uh, you know, you'll hear this. Same audience, same channel. Um, different audience, different channel. Now, of course, when it comes to formats and things like that, if you experiment with that same content for the same channel, like let's say you're like, okay, I normally make videos that are five to 15 minutes long, and now I'm gonna do this podcast, this video podcast. I'm gonna put that on YouTube too. Um, maybe I'm gonna put it on my, you know, my main channel. Well, if you put it on your main channel and you find people don't respond to it there, then in that particular case, even though it's intended for the right audience, if they're not getting the response on your main channel, maybe putting it on, on its own channel so that as the system finds people that do respond well to it, then they can recommend that channel there. And then, you know, you have, that audience that responds to the longer form there, even though it's targeted towards the same people. And then you have your main channel that has the people there that respond to the five to 15 minute content. So um, same audience, same channel. And then if you find that it doesn't work, then that's where you might wanna try putting it on another channel. I wonder how much they're paying Renee. There's the question. <laughs> right. We know you're getting paid. Tim I'm not paid enough, but how much is <laughs> Renee getting paid? Timothy, Timothy uh, John Luke, thank you for the uh, super sticker. Super appreciate it. Yeah, Renee says, um, any given day, um, we are e uh, each of us are 18 or 80 in our hearts. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's so true. Yeah, I'm, 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 like, uh, I'm like 25 until I look in the mirror. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, my God, what, what, who's this dude? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like 20 in my head yeah. until I like try to get up to go like walk to the kitchen at like 2 in the morning to get right. something to drink. And I like, right. I twist an ankle just walking on flat, a flat right. floor. Right, right. I twist my ankle and hurt my back. <laughs> like, oh my so uh, Open Air Outdoors is our uh, next channel here. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do outdoors content. The goal of the channel is entertainment. And the question is, can you uh, cover the For You feature and if it's going to kill niching down on topics? So um, first, no, it's not going to kill niching down on topics. And the reason for that is because the For You section on your YouTube channel features your content. So if you follow the rule of I'm trying to serve an audience with this content, I'm trying to serve, I'm trying to create a resource of content for a specific type of viewer that's interested in specific things. If you follow that rule, then in that particular case, that for you page should be fine because all of the content on your channel would be targeted towards that audience that you're trying to reach. Now, keep in mind when it comes to that feature, you do have the option. And this is something that just through conversation with creators that I've found out, a lot of people don't know that for that particular option, you can go in and you can set it to where it will feature specific content. 
So let's say, for example, right now it's showing your YouTube videos, it's showing your live streams, and it's showing your shorts. You can go in there, and one, you can just turn off the feature entirely if you want, so it doesn't show up on your channel page at all. Or you can say, I only want it to show my video content, or I only want it to show my live streams, or I only want it to show my my shorts, or whatever it is that you're doing on your channel that is the priority. Um, you can set it to only show that, or have a mix of everything that it is that you're currently doing. But yeah, the for you feature, absolutely not gonna not gonna uh, negatively impact niching down in any way. Renee says. Uh Less, I guess he's answering the question about how much are they paying him. Says, Less than if he stayed a full-time creator. Yeah. Nice. But the opportunity to help people at yeah. scales a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Is and you do an amazing job at it too. Yeah, man. So we have some yeah, great for the job. Great comments in here about about ages. Mm. That's hilarious. So next up, we got Quita Love Sports and D. We're on number uh, ten, just in case oh, you need I it. Love it. Um, Quita Love Sports. They upload every other day. They do sports commentary. Uh, the goal is to eventually become a full-time sports content creator. The question is, I found a good niche focused on women's basketball, and I've got a lot of traction so far. My question is that I feel like overall my niche has a ceiling. At what point should I decide to alter my niche for continued growth on YouTube? Also, my views are largely reactionary based off of games that happen, so my older videos don't get many views. In my niche, can you give me suggestions on evergreen content? I really appreciate what you do, and thank you for helping me. So. Um, when it comes to evergreen content in sports, uh, you could do analysis of players because those players, as long as they continue to play the game, um, people are going to be looking for information on those players, trying to understand different things about them and, you know, that sort of thing. So because of that, um, you know, doing, doing breakdowns on the actual players themselves in terms of like the history of them making essentially short documentaries on uh, on the players. That's one thing that you could do for evergreen content. Technically, you could even, you know, optimize and just target that content for search as well. So when people are, are looking for information on those players, that it brings, you know, your videos up there as long as you you know are competitive for that term in terms of how people are responding to your videos now one advantage of that is kind of the same advantage that you're currently writing is that when you're making content about women's basketball well just by that alone there's people that are interested in women's basketball and because of that like you said people are going to be searching for information about that you know right after the games are finished and all that which is a, a win but the same exact thing happens with the players. So you are basically leveraging somebody that's already popular to also bring attention to what it is that you are doing. Um, and you use that as like one of the uh, content pillars or content buckets on your channel to where it's like, okay, uh, one of the things that I do is I do these up-to-date women's basketball, you know, kind of recaps. And then um, another content pillar, content bucket that I do is that I also, you know, break down all of the different players in the game or all the popular players. Um, you could also do like, you know, players that are coming up and, you know, things like that as well. Um, but that content will still, you know, age a bit. But if you have consistency in players, finding the popular players, making, uh, you know, short documentary type you know, content about them um, would be the way to do that uh, in that situation. Hey, really quick, stop the presses, D. Yep. Press Ernie stopped. Ernie Shark Scrapper just blasted through 10,000 subscribers. Wow. High five and fist bump to you. I wish I was in my man. I wish I was in my home place right now. I'd play Super the clapping track. song for you. Um, but you know, since we're here, I need to get that clapping song to D. But high five and fist bump to you, man. Congratulations. I know you've been grinding it out. Um, congratulations to you for hitting the 10,000 subscriber mark. Absolutely love it. Um, he says, I didn't expect this milestone to be so scary. Um, I'm feeling a bit of responsibly, feeling a, a bit of responsibility to write 
to do right by all of them. Here's the thing, man, is, uh, you know, you have put out content that has served them enough that they've responded well to it that got you to 10,000 subscribers. Keep going what it is that you're doing because you are adding value to that community and they appreciate what it is that you do and they show it through their response to what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So 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 just you know stay on what it is that you're doing. Congratulations man. Yeah, love congratulations. seeing that. Absolutely love it. So uh let's see here. So next up, we've got Okay, moving to number 11, D. All right. So we got Jonathan Sturgill. Uh, they upload one time per week or more. They do guitar and music equipment reviews. The goal of the channel is to build a channel packed full of info on my niche. And the question is, how much does the TubeBuddy SEO score matter? So when it comes to the TubeBuddy SEO score, what that is is an optimization score. So so what that's telling you is, okay, um, I'm putting all the you know right keywords and keyword phrases in. It's basically helping you polish up your metadata. That can be important. So if you have the right you know keywords or keyword phrases in your title, you also have it in your description. Those things are taken into account. So because of that, that part of it is important. However, having the right words in your title and the right words in your description is not going to cause your video to perform on the platform. So you can have perfect metadata However, if people don't respond well to the content itself, meaning they don't click on it at a competitive rate or once they come in and they start watching it, they don't you know, watch it you know, long enough to where it deems the video as being a competitive piece of content, then in that particular case, your videos will lose in search compared to the other videos that do get that higher response. So because of that, yes, definitely you know, optimize for that. However, um, you have to make sure that the content that you're making is competitive. How do you make it competitive is, the, is, a, is a good question. So what you want to do is if you are making content that is search targeted, so you're doing like music equipment reviews, so that's going to be competitive. You're teaching people guitar. That's also going to be competitive. So when you are optimizing your videos for search, what I recommend you do is use TubeBuddy's tool to help you identify the things that have you know high search volume and low competition. And then once you find the terms that you're like, yeah, I think I might make a video about this, then go and actually put that into the YouTube search bar, hit go, and then look at the results that show up. In those results, look at the titles they're using, look at the thumbnails that you're using, click on the video itself, look at how they start the video, look at exactly what it is they're doing in the video, like watch the videos. And then also go down to the comment section, look and see the comments. And the things that you wanna look for in the comments is, okay, this person has this video that showed up in uh, search, people are clicking on it. Are people complaining about anything? Like did that person leave something out of the video? Um, did somebody spend too long on something? You know, things like that. And look for little things that you might be able to add to your video video so that when you're competing with that piece of content to where as they go into it, other people that might've had those problems, they are going to have those questions answered right as they come into the video, right? So, um, so you wanna make sure that you are doing that additional research there so that you can make sure that what you are making does compete. Another thing you wanna look for as well is when you're looking um, you know, at, at the videos in search, like compare and just be honest with yourself, okay, do I think that I can compete with this? Because, you know, sometimes you know, like, let's say, and I'm not saying this is your situation, but if you're just getting started, maybe, you know, you're still working on getting your audio together and maybe you're still working on, you know, just how you put your videos together and things like that. So because of that, if you are in that situation, that's where you'd want to really compete for things that, you know, are really low competition. If you don't think that you can compete for the more competitive terms, right? Because, you know, 
everybody's going for the more competitive stuff. So when you go for the longer tail keywords, that gives you the opportunity to compete um, where, you know, you might be able to just compete at a better, you know, in a better way there. But with that said, it's important to know that search traffic is awesome and that it's usually very stable because once you're there, if people respond positively and you know, you're competitive for that term, it's very stable traffic. However, I just have to throw in the disclaimer here just so you're aware because sometimes you know if somebody's getting started they don't know this a majority of the of the viewership on youtube comes from youtube's recommendation features which means youtube recommending content to people so search it's great it has its place but just keep in mind when you're making your content that search isn't the only game in town and that that when you are publishing videos um it can be um advantageous to think about, okay, this particular video, would it be best for search or should I try my hand at getting the attention in the recommendation system here and optimize everything around that and make the video for, for that purpose? Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got, moving on to number 12D. Cruising right along. Uh, we got Studio Nova TV. They upload one time per week or more. They do manga, voiceover, and anime reviews. The goal of the channel is building an audience and possibly doing YouTube professionally. And the question is, over the past few weeks, I've noticed that my best performing videos get their traffic sources from Suggested and Home. I've gotten good at optimizing for search, but I can't figure out how to replicate the traffic from Suggested for my other videos. Any idea of how to target this? So we've already talked about this um, uh, a few questions ago, so I'm not going to go into it again, but I'm um, just skip back. Um, I would say probably about 10 or 15 minutes, and then you'll, you'll see the very specific answer for, uh, for that with a example using the, uh, using the watch, the old watch. Mm -hmm. Next up, let's see here. Renee says, uh, making better videos is hard. So it's easy to procrastinate by doing endless SEO busy work, but 99% of your time into making better videos and 1% into metadata optimized for humans. Yep. All day. So next up, we got trucker Lee. Trucker Lee, um, they are getting ready to start their channel. They're going to start a trucking vlog, and the goal of the channel is to share what trucking life is like and to share experiences on the road. And uh, the question is, recommendations that I keep hearing from multiple channels like yours says to create your thumbnail and title before deciding on your next video. How can I do that when I don't know what I may encounter on the road before starting filming? Some trips can be non-eventful, while the next trip could be the, a neat disaster. If it's non-eventful, then it's probably, I mean, still experiment with it and see, you know, if there's an audience that responds to the non-eventful stuff. But you got to keep in mind, you know, if, if you're going to want people to watch it, there's going to need to be something going on. Um, it could just be your conversation and the story that you're telling while you're driving. That could be the thing that's going on. But when it comes to, you know, uploading content for the sake of uploading content, but it not having any clear value attached to it, um, in that particular case, you might just not want to upload that video, right? To where if you're like, hey, this, this eventful thing happened, so let me, you know, upload that. Um, but when it comes to... Um, you know, making the title beforehand, just, you know, for thumbnail. every or thumbnail beforehand and title uh, for everybody that's here, what you want to do when you think of your video topics and the reference that he's making here is when you're when you're coming up with your video ideas, the very first thing that you want to do once you think to yourself, yeah, I think I'm going to make this video is you want to think to yourself, okay, or write down, okay, what is the title that I would write for this and spend some time on it. And what what would I do for the thumbnail for this? Some people will just make the thumbnail. Other people just kind of sketch out a rough idea or write down like, okay, maybe I'll have this or I'll focus on this or whatever. And when you do that, it helps you make sure that you get the right shots with what it is that you're doing. And it also ensures 
that the video that you're making can be packaged in a way from the outside that makes it clear what is going on in the inside. And another advantage to that is your thumbnail and your title, they build up an expectation for the viewer about what it is that they're going to get in the video. So if you plan all of that first, when you go to make the video itself, then what you're doing is you can basically say, okay, this is what the thumbnail is gonna look like, this is what the title's going to be. When somebody comes into my video, I know that and I know the expectation that I'm creating, so how can I let them know that I'm gonna be delivering on that expectation, right? And you can build the video around that. But in your case, when it comes to the vlog, um, uh, in that case, like you don't know what's gonna happen. So because of that, um, you, and you're one of those cases where you're not gonna be able to, uh, you know, make the thumbnail first. But there are some things that you can do. So for example, if you're like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna be going driving through the, uh, you know, uh, through the Rocky Mountains. And since I'm gonna be driving through the Rocky Mountains, I'm gonna be talking about, you know, the difficulty of driving through the mountains or, you know, maybe letting people know the details of like the off-ramp emergency stops or whatever the thing is. If you can pick, picking up hitchhikers, picking up yeah, picking up hitchhikers, whatever <laughs> thing is, then in that particular case, if you Those if were the you days. if you do have anything like that that you can plan ahead for, then in that case, then you can do it. But if you're like, hey, I'm just doing everything on the fly, then then you're kind of in a position to where you're the type of content that you're choosing to make doesn't allow for that type of thing. Yeah, let me throw something in. Yeah, there. it's not I, it's not perfect for everything. So, but I, but that's the. The, the reason for doing that is to give yourself an advantage, but not everybody can do it. Yeah, I generally make my thumbnails after the video. Sometimes I'll put some rough ideas together of thumbnails. Like, okay, I took some pictures. I'm going to cut some stuff out. Sometimes I work in advance getting pictures cut out and stuff like that. Just some rough ideas. But I'll generally finish the thumbnail and put it out after I actually make the video. Right. Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, you don't have to do things the way there's not a, an exact order that you have to do things. What I will say though, is try to have the idea together. I think the idea is the most important thing. Like, you know, cause we drive scooter, well, you don't drive a scooter anymore, but I, I drive my scooter around here in Thailand. I'm always thinking of the idea, the, the overall package, right? And then I might think about what the thumbnail could be, but I won't physically make it. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. Until after. That's until, what I was saying before about sketching it out. Until yeah. after the fact, right. yeah. So you're doing like a trucking vlog. I mean, you're probably going to have a select amount of pictures and imagery for your truck. You're going to have some road. You're going to have some truck. You might have some stuff that you're that you've seen along the way. Some highway, some truck stops, some close-ups of your truck. You know, just to speed the process up, think about the type of images that you might have for having a trucking vlog, and put together put together an assets folder. Right, and inside that assets folder, you might have 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 different pictures that you've already taken. Of that, your truck, pictures from inside the truck, exactly. pictures of the cab, yeah. Just some ideas, like here's some ideas that, you know, just take a, take a day and just say, what are some possible ideas that I can make videos about or what could be interesting? And just go around and use your phone or your camera, whatever you have, and just start taking pictures of those things. So when it comes time to make a thumbnail, you're not in that position of, of oh man, now, now I'm so stressed out, it's raining and I can't get a shot on my truck. You've got this folder and you've got all this imagery uh, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the assets folder already. So just a little bit of preparation kind of takes away some of the, the stress for making that thumbnail after the fact. But there's, there's you know, do it however you gotta do it. I, I, do, I do it later. And another reason I do it later, because I've had to throw away videos before, right? I've had to throw away videos before. So, and then you're like, wow, now I, now I had to throw away the video and the thumbnail. 
So next up, we got Holler of Texas. Holler of Texas does daily content. They upload one time uh, per year, or, or I'm sorry, one time. Uh, they've been on YouTube for one year or more. They do cooking content. The goal of the channel is to teach and show people how I cook. The question is, nothing seems to be working. What can I do different to get monetized? So this isn't what you want to hear, but somebody's got to say it. So when it comes to YouTube, if nothing is working, then it usually comes down to your skill sets, mm. right? So, so all of this stuff, it's not easy. So uh, for some people it is, but when you haven't done something like this before, um, you have to learn how to do all of the things, which means you got to learn how to write good titles. You got to learn how to make thumbnails that grab people's attention. You have to learn how to, you know, hook somebody when they come into your video. You got to learn how to put the content together in a way that creates a good experience for the viewer and gives them what they want um, as well. So if you're running into walls, so to speak, and uh, nothing seems to be working, one, you got to keep experimenting. Um, that's how you, you know, uncover things that do work. And two, you got to work on your skill sets. And you might be already, but you need to make sure that you are spending that time working on the skill sets. Because one of the things when it comes to being a content creator um, is that we would like to just focus on like, hey, I got this idea. I just want to make the video for it in the way that I know how to make the video and then package it up in the way that, you know, that is okay for me right now. And then, you know, put that video out. In some cases that works, but in other cases it does not. So because of that, if you are in that situation where it's not working, that means that you have more to learn, more to develop and all of that so that you can start getting that you know initial attention. And then once you can do that and you can do it consistently, then what's going to happen is you're going to, through skill development, it's the only path that will get you there. Um, through skill development, you are going to get your content to a point to where it's competitive within the platform. Doesn't mean it's the best videos on YouTube, um, but it means that it's competitive against all of the other videos that YouTube thinks is a good fit for the people that you're trying to reach because that's what you're competing with. So when you can get your content to that place, as soon as you cross that line where it's like, okay, now I'm making better videos, I'm making better thumbnails, and by better, I don't mean they're prettier, I don't mean that you know the video looks like somebody else's video or anything like that, I'm not even talking about camera quality. What I'm talking about is the viewer experience and how people respond to what it is that you're doing. That's what matters. So, uh, so if you're at that place where you're stuck, then you gotta you gotta work on the skill sets on learning how to do the things. And you also have to think about like you have to change the perspective because when we come onto the platform, one of the things that you know that we're told is that we you know that it's important that we make videos about things that we're passionate about. And there's truth in that because you're gonna be making videos you know for a, a, you know a long time to come, especially if you're somebody that wants to do this you know as a thing so because of that um, you have to make sure that um, that you are you know actively you know working on getting better at the thing so that you can actually you know end up doing it for a longer period of time and get results but when we come on you know we're following that passion but that passion doesn't mean that we have to make videos you know just for ourselves you got to think and always remember that you're making videos for other people to enjoy so when we make videos for ourselves then we're not working on our skill sets we're just making things that we kind of like and we're like yeah you know i think this is okay and it works sometimes but if it's not working, then that's where it's like, okay, well, you know, if this isn't working, then that means that something, you know, needs to improve somewhere. So then I need to really focus on making videos for other people. And then that requires, you know, skills and understanding and all that stuff. So, um, so I would definitely work on those things. Um, so here, next up on the list here. We've got real rugged DIY. They upload when they have time. Um, they do home DIY projects. The goal of the channel is to create content, uh, 
create content videos for unusual but helpful fixes for things around the home. Question, would you agree that certain instructional slash how-to genres make it may grow slower, but may have a longer relevance for its utility versus current events and time-sensitive genres? So everything is different. There's a place for everything. So, you know, there's people that do news channels and they get crushed with views because they are relying on, uh, you know, recency. So, you know, they're like, they're writing trends all the time, right? Everybody's talking about this, everybody's thinking about this, so let's make a video about it, and then bam, here's my version of the thing that everybody's thinking about, right? So there's that. The cool thing with that is it gives you the opportunity to really hop on some big stuff, and you can really grow channels fast that way. The downside is that you are a slave to the machine because you have to constantly be putting out content, staying up on, you know, current events. However, when it comes to evergreen content, which is the word that you're looking for there as it relates to content, when it comes to evergreen content, the uh, the difference is you can publish a video today and a year from now, that video is still gonna be relevant. Five years from now, people can still get value from that same exact video. And what happens in that case is you can build a resource, like in your case, around uh, you know uh, fixing things up around your house to where somebody can go come in from one video and they can be like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to fix this like leaky faucet. And then they go into there and they're like, oh wow, they got all kinds of stuff in here. And then they'll sit there and binge watch your videos and you know, you'll know you become their resource for when they need to fix something around the house, right? So the evergreen nature of content is definitely powerful, but so is you know the current events and chasing that whole thing as well. Um, a really good thing that you can do is try to find you know things that you can do in both ways when you're doing home diy things it's a little bit different unless there's some type of trending things where like let's say people are remodeling their homes or remodeling certain rooms in their houses because it's the popular thing to do around a certain style like i know uh you know where i grew up you know we had this period of time where that like homey farmy you know type of you know look started happening and uh you know like everybody that i knew you know their families were you know like re you know like oh hey we got to turn our room into this um, you know, writing those types of things can also help you follow the trend side. But at the end of the day, if you're like, hey, I'm going to show people how to fix a faucet, I'm going to show how to people show to people how to caulk their bathtub, I'm going to show people how to do X, Y, and Z, then in that particular case, you can absolutely, um, you know, make that content. And as long as it's good, and it performs within the system, you can ride that for a really long time. And you don't have to, you know, be constantly on the grind, you know, publishing, uh, publishing content. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list here. And D, for when you come back in, it's uh, 16, it's where we're at. Um, Isaac's Life is the next channel. The goal is to grow a community and eventually get monetized. And the question is, is it okay to not pick a niche and just upload whatever content because my videos are very random? Yeah, so here's the thing. So when it comes to YouTube, there is not a rule on what it is that you have to do or accomplish. So if you want to thrive on the platform as a content creator, there's a path for that. But if you're like, hey, I'm just uploading, I'm just uploading videos and I'm just gonna upload a bunch of random stuff and I don't care if I get you know lots of views on the videos and things like that, not really gonna target an audience. Um, I'm just gonna upload, you know, essentially videos that I wanna keep for myself. That's perfectly fine um, if that's what you wanna do. But keep in mind, if you want other people to enjoy the content, it's helpful and you'll grow faster if you do serve a very particular type of viewer that's interested in very specific things. Because then in that particular case, when you publish a new video, 
and somebody has recently watched some of your content and YouTube has detected that they really enjoyed it, then that new video is gonna get recommended to some of those people. If that video is in alignment with the things that they care about that you offer on your channel, then in that case, they're gonna be more likely to click on it and come in and enjoy your content and enjoy that video too. And then once they're in that video, if you're like, hey, yeah, you know, glad you enjoyed the video, click into this one here where I blah, 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 then in that case, they're also more likely to click on that video because it's also relevant to them. When they go to your channel page or they go to your videos tab, then they start looking through your content, they're also more likely to watch more videos that are on your channel because it's relevant to, you know, to them. So, uh, so just keep that in mind. And it really just comes down to what it is that you want and um, what it is that you are, you know, willing to do um, or what it is that you want to do. Painful Honest Tech says, you can also mix in reviews and how-tos with more current event stuff um, to ride both waves. Absolutely. Thanks for the uh, side tip there. Absolutely. So next up on the uh, list. Did you say 16 or 17? 17 now. Cruising through them. Yep. Mary uh, Ad, uh, a, a, a J Mensa says they do an author tube channel. The goal of the channel is to meet like-minded people and grow my channel to a thousand subscribers. The question is, how do I grow my channel when my YouTube has remained stagnant and most of my videos barely get any views? So I think we've kind of like beat on this horse for a while, but just a quick recap. The whole idea when it comes to YouTube is that you, you can't really, I mean, you can, some channels do it, but most content creators cannot just upload random, or not random videos, but most content creators don't start out and then everything just go awesome. And the reason that that happens is because YouTube is competitive, okay? So when you upload videos to YouTube, even though you're making AuthorTube content, you might be thinking that you're only competing with other AuthorTube content, but in reality, you're competing with everything that the people that are watching and enjoying AuthorTube content, you're competing with everything that those people, that, that YouTube thinks that those people might be interested in. So because of that, if you want your channel to do better, your content has to create a certain experience for the viewers that makes it competitive for the platform. That means that people need to click on it at a competitive rate compared to all the other videos that they're getting recommended. They also need to enjoy the content or have a good experience with the content, be satisfied is the language they use with the content at a competitive rate as well. And once that happens, you'll start doing better. Um, but right now, work on your skill sets, work on learning how to make better videos. Um, you don't have to do everything to the next video, but what you do wanna do is you want to try to improve with every single video that you upload. So what that looks like is so, let's say this week, you're like, you know what? I'm going to, um, for this I, entire week, the thing that I'm gonna focus on is, is just writing better titles. That's gonna be the thing I'm gonna try to work on this week or maybe this month. Um, and then next month, I'm gonna spend, you know, as much time as I possibly can learning about thumbnails and all the different, you know, things in regard to making thumbnails. Um, the one after that, I'm going to spend tons of time watching videos on like video editing and storytelling and those types of things um, as well. And you basically rinse and repeat that as you're building up your skill sets. I, I looked at her channel where you were okay. talking. Okay, so here's your problem. Uh, I'm not going to pull your channel up. We're not getting into channel reviews today, but I just pulled it up quickly and just at a glance. Hey, so, Jesse, what's up, man? Yeah, so you're talking about you are, um, what was, uh, you said you were doing authorship. What is it? Let me go back and see. You are doing um, AuthorTube. Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. If people are coming to your channel and you're talking about books and then your next video, you're talking about hair. Oh, yeah. 
And then your next video, you're talking about a clothing haul. Right. That is a complete disconnect, right? Yeah, so if that if, makes it not an author tube channel, right? You are not an author tube channel right now. You're 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 a mix of, of content. You've got clothing hauls, you have hair videos, natural hair, you've got videos about books, and you've completely segmented your audience. So let's just say theoretically that I YouTube doing what YouTube does. YouTube says, okay, you see that you've been searching for, you know, how to write a book and they suggest one of your videos to me. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll watch your video. And I, I, I love the video. I'm like, well, fantastic video. And I subscribe to your channel. And then your next video is about natural hair. So guess what's going to happen is I'm not going to watch that video. Now, if this happens too much, maybe it's that one video, maybe it's two videos. Then YouTube is going to say, you know what, you are no longer watching and clicking on those videos when we recommend them recommend her videos to you so they're going to stop recommending those videos to yep. me so here's what i recommend decide what you truly want your channel to be about if you want to be about author tube then be about author tube if you want to be about natural hair or you want to be about clothing hauls do that but if you're trying to mix everything together you're segmenting your audience and that is going to absolutely kill your channel uh, in terms of growth yep i'm not saying you can't do it but you're not going to grow how you want to grow if you're doing it that way. Yeah, you're making it harder on yourself. Yes. So really quick, Eric Waite Whiskey Studies says something here. He says, pro tip, work on developing your persona on camera via body language and expressions. People will become a follower of you, not just your content. So here's the thing with that. Um, that's absolutely true. But the but the problem with just going after that is you need people to know about you. Like you have to be able to introduce yourself to people. So if you just make whatever, then you know they might they might come in on one video, but they're not going to you know get to really know you in that one video. They need to watch you know a bunch of videos. So because of that, um, you know when you are focused on a particular audience and serving that audience, then people will still you know come in and like you, but that like they'll be able to watch content back to back. Um, they'll be able to keep coming back to your channel on a regular basis and like really getting to know you. So, you know, that's why the, you know, targeting an audience is important because absolutely you want people to, you know, come into your channel and enjoy you as well. Um, but you, you need bait and topics are the bait, right? And that's what, that's what allows people to be introduced to you is the, uh, is the topics that you talk about. Yep. So uh, next up we've got Oregon trees. What's going on? So uh, let's see here. We've got Kids Learn and Grow is the name of the channel. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a kids channel. The goal is to have fun and make some extra money. And the question is, first, um, thank you for everything. I've grown this big because of your advice. I have 255,000 subscribers and awesome. I get 1.5 million views every 48 hours. Nice Fantastic. work. Um, but my RPM has dropped to a fraction of what it was months ago. Is this normal part of the ebb and flow of YouTube or is it what happens when your channel gets this big? Um, it's a normal part of the ebb and flow. Also, um, I'm not sure how long would you say you've been on YouTube for a year or more. So if you look historically, um, you know, because we just came out of, uh, you know, the end of the year. So historically, everything kind of drops right now, you know, anyway. Um, but it should start, you know, coming back up, you know, slowly, you know, from here. Um, but I would just look historically across your channel um, over the last, you know, couple of years, depending on how long you've been going and um, and see if you notice those same dips and then you'll be able to start counting on. OK, you know, for my audience and the people that are running ads or, you know, that are being served on my content, uh, you know, the last, you know, last year it, it did or did not have a similar, uh, you know, uh, uh, pattern. And then the year before that, it did or did not have a similar pattern and so on. So then it can kind of help you know what to expect, you know, as uh, time passes by. 
Um, let's see here. Okay, so we're on 19. D, can yep. you cover this for one second? I can cover this for right. one second. So I'm going to go ahead, and because I was looking at your channel, and again, I forgot the name of your channel, the Author Tube. Uh, apologies for not remembering your name. Here, Here's something. You know, we set these cameras up so you can walk behind them. I know. That's why I walked in front of them. <laughs> I go out of my way to build the stuff in the studio to make it easy so we don't, like, walk in front of the cameras. We don't trip on cables. We can quietly get up and move and, and not interrupt the stream. And he's, uh, he's like a bull in a china shop. So back to the author tube. Here's, here's a tip for you and anyone else who might be starting on the platform. And this is especially true if you're using your phone to film yourself. One of the biggest mistakes people make when they first start filming, especially when they're doing it on a phone, is you pull the phone out and you're looking at the viewfinder. You're looking at the viewfinder while you're recording instead of looking at the actual lens. So your lens... You're, you're going to have a tiny little lens on your phone. You want to look at that lens. Reason being is because when somebody clicks on the video and that video starts playing and your eyes are shifted over here, your eyes are shifted over here, you're walking and you're having a conversation with them. It'd be the equivalent if you and I were sitting at a coffee shop having a conversation together and I couldn't look you in the eye when we were having a conversation. I'm looking over here and I'm talking to you. You would say, why aren't you looking at me? Hey, look at, look at me. I'm over here, right? Make it a habit of looking at the lens on your phone. I was just skimming through some of your videos here and a lot of your videos, you were looking at the actual viewfinder. You're looking at yourself instead of the lens. So you want to make that personal connection. And one of the first ways you do that is by giving eye contact. Now, that can be easier said than done if, you don't, if you're not used to filming. You can put a little tape on your phone. You can get those little circular stickers that go around notebooks to strengthen the paper up. You can put one of those on there. You can take some nail polish and dab it right on top of the lens. Make sure you don't put it on the lens. There's a lot of different ways you can actually draw attention to it. But when you start looking at the lens, uh, that's going to help you tremendously. Also, if you're just getting started, get rid of any opening thing, any opening segments, any loading screens, your logo, all of the stuff that you might be wasting those first several seconds of your videos. So when I click play on your video, and by the way, this applies to a lot of people in here, I guarantee. If someone clicks, clicks play on your video and you're a new channel, you're struggling, you're trying to build that momentum, right? You don't have an audience yet. And the first thing I see is your logo, your channel logo, maybe some stuff moving around and you spend five to 10 seconds showing me that stuff. I'm not gonna stick around for that. I, I'm going to have to really, really, really want to see what you have to offer for me to sit through some opening video, uh, some logo segment at the very beginning. So if you're just getting started, when someone hits play, tell them what the video is about and start doing the thing immediately when someone hits play. If you start putting the, the logos up there, that's a killer. And then once the logo passes, here you are and you're looking off the screen and you're having a conversation, you're not even looking at me. So that's the second thing. So those things are hurting your channels or hurting your videos in addition to having lots of different types of content. And by the way, the tips about looking at the, the screen and getting rid of that whole intro at the beginning, that applies to everyone. If you haven't built an audience yet, focus on building your audience first. You can add logos and stuff later if you wanna do that. Um, 1508 says, what about a one second logo? That's what I do and I integrate it into the script. Here's my thoughts on logos these days. If you're gonna put a logo, I wouldn't make it the first thing that people see. The first thing that people should see would be something that should get their attention and your logo is probably not it. That being said, YouTube gives us the audience retention report. You can go in and you can look at the graph. You can hit play and it will play your video 
and it will show you where people are leaving your video. If you can go in just okay, where do I show my logo? And if people are leaving when you show your logo, get rid of the logo or move it and show it later. A lot of times people will open the video with some sort of a hook, a visual hook, a, 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 something that they say, tell them what the video is about, or they can show something interesting, interesting. And then after you pull them into the video and you let the, okay, you let the viewer know that they clicked on the right video, right? You promised them this sort of content. They clicked. Okay. I'm going to promise you what you clicked on then show them a short logo if you're going to do that. But look your audience retention, see if people are leaving when you show that. If they are, get rid of it. All right. If not, leave it in. You know, I think a good rule of thumb always, and I know Renee has said this, you said this, everybody says this, think like the viewer. Think like a viewer. What does the viewer expect when they click on your thumbnail? Bottom line, what does the viewer expect to see when they click on your thumbnail? It's not your logo. It's, it's not you looking someplace else, all right? They're, they're expecting something very particular. So think, think about that. Hey, Angelique says that she emailed you the info about the brain glasses, Oh, by the way. Awesome. So you Thank know. you. Thank you. I need to look. My, I, my email is backed up. Thank you so much. The last gate jumper. When you open up your email, are you, are you one of the people that has like 8,000 unread uh, emails? Well, let's see. I actually, I have a decent amount. Uh, Here you go. I'm, I'm, well. I'm going to show you my emails right now. I'm, uh, yeah, I've got 20,000 in my uh, inbox. Well, I'm, I'm, this is amateur hour right here for me. Help if I knew how to use the right camera, wouldn't it? Yeah, this is amateur hour compared to you. But I've got uh, yeah, 5,546. 5,000? Um, 5, so 5,000. That's not bad. So I'm like 20, way worse than you. If you've got 20,000, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just, I'm kind of embarrassed even showing that. Yeah, right. I, I feel like I should excuse myself. If well, I, but it, keep in mind, there's like affiliate stuff going in there and like things like that. It's not just like, you know, outreach and whatnot. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Uh, if a couple of thousand of you could just send me emails that I don't answer, I feel like I need to like compete with him a little bit. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, like, just send me some blank emails so I can just. No, that's definitely not a brag. That's 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 irresponsible and, and mismanagement no. is what that is. You know what? Twenty thousand. I'm just, uh, just going to say. Things I'm just going to say. I hate social media. Yeah. Like email I, isn't social media. I'm going to go ahead and say that. But no, no. Here. <laughs> Got me twice. No, I, I I just I don't like uh, the whole like DMs. Yeah. It's not yeah. social media. It's just it's just it's it's this. You it's, like talk? You like people? I don't like people. <laughs> don't like people no you don't like interacting with other human beings it's the dms it's the the, G, the emails the the messages uh I, I just that it's not social media what is mm. it's that it's human contact yeah it's contact <laughs> right no call, human like, interaction yeah, yeah. Did call me yeah Did call me yeah right i called d i think this was a week ago maybe two and i was like and i apologized i'm like hey dude i apologize for just calling you willy-nilly here but i'm like trying to get a hold of you and blah blah, blah. it's funny but i answered yeah you did you did. But if you would have sent yeah. me an email, it yeah. would have been a week. Right. I probably would have never heard from you. I mean, yeah. never heard from me. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it is. It's, it's emails. It's DMs. It's it's chat things. It's iMessages. Yeah. It's all that. It's Yeah, it's, especially now because it's like you got to have. too much. You got to like, have like all your different emails for yeah, all the different stuff. Much, man. You got to have your WhatsApp, your Telegram, your yeah. Line, your, your WeChat, uh, your Discord, you know, DMs, your Twitter DMs, your Instagram so, DMs, your so on and so forth. Yeah. So once I, I was never great at those things, but coming out of the pandemic, I've completely just like changed how I deal with those things. Like hey, I, painfully honest tech, he said he hates you. 
Just so you know. Aww. Yeah, he's like, I hate you, D. Dude, I like you, man. But I think that was love coming back for the hating people. Oh. Yeah, I think that was just yeah, like his version of like, yeah, me too. I don't know. That's, that's what I think it was. But I, I, I feel like I feel <laughs> like if Jason and I ever had a podcast together and it was just called Grumpy Old Men, yeah. uh, it'd be something. Yeah, probably would. Probably would. <laughs> it'd be something. Yeah, waiting, but, for, waiting for that to drop. Yeah. yeah. But, but coming out of that whole thing, like I rarely check my DMs. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it just... I think it was just a pri- like prioritize right. like and you you're know. like hey, I'm busy living my life right now. Um, so yeah. because of that, like you know, I'll not, get to the stuff when I get to it. And it's not even that I just don't want to. Yeah, talk I get it. through periods like that too. Yeah, it's just like you know what? I just would rather be doing anything else mm-hmm. than going through spam. And, and what and what really stinks is you miss important things sure. because of all the people who send you these. Hey, I've got this service and I can help you grow your thing. And you're just like, man, right. I just okay, I did, that's enough for me for two weeks. Right. And I put it away. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, the last gate jumper is the uh, next or the uh, next question that we have here. <laughs> Jason says, "Let's do it." So the goal, <laughs> the goal is to make this the uh, their career. And the question is, my videos are getting next to zero impressions since the start of the year. Is my channel dead? Before that, I was getting consistent <laughs> impressions between one and three thousand within a week of, I, of me publishing the video. If you're getting zero impressions, I would reach out to Team YouTube on Twitter um, because YouTube should show your content to at least some people to see how they respond to it. So um, if you're getting zero, then I would reach out to Team YouTube on uh, Twitter. Next, Um, we've got the new enlightenment with Ashley. Uh, she does bi-weekly content, um, been on YouTube for a year or more. She does educational content, and the goal is to explore ideas in a fun way. And the question is, when recording, I often want to refer to a video that I plan to make, but have not yet made. For example, I'll link below to that video when I make it, but I don't see other YouTubers doing this, and admittedly, I sometimes don't get around to making that particular video. That's why you don't see other YouTubers doing it. Yeah. Um, is this a bad Is this bad form? What would be direct, your recommendation to do instead of a, as a way to connect viewers to future content? Just tell them. So, yeah, so, you know, I plan on making a video about that in the future. That's all you got to say. Um, and you can just leave it open there. Um, if you know for a fact that you're going to do it, then you can say, I'll link it in the description uh, once I make that video. Um, or if I make that video. And then that way you're being transparent. Like, I might make it, might not, but it's something that I would like to make. And if you are interested in that and you're watching this at a later time, then you'd be able to find a link for it down there if it is available. Hey. Ty's Hot Mess History, thank you for the super chat. Says, super um, I just hit 150,000 subscribers. This stream is a big part of my YouTube journey. I learned about so many creators, Brian, Roberto, Daryl, Daniel, who are helpful in December. And I figured, a lo- I figured out a lot from my Vid Summit notes. I'm back on track. Thank you. Wow. Love seeing that. Awesome. Congratulations to you for hitting 150K. That's High awesome. five and fist bump to you. Congratulations. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yep. That's huge. It is. It's great. So uh, let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got. I wonder where she's hanging her play button. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, she's already had that. Yeah, I she's know. had that for, uh, she's and had I, that and for a while. Want, and I wonder where it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yasmin tries to do uh, art. She didn't send it to me, so it's probably on her shelf somewhere or yeah. on a wall or something. Yes. So Yasmin tries to do art, uh, uploads when they have time. It's an art channel. The goal of the channel is doing uh, what they love and sharing it. And the question is, um, I want to verify my phone number to upload thumbnails, but it won't send me the verification code. I try so many different phone oh, numbers on yes. different devices, yes. but I still have the same issue. How do I fix it? Um, so if you have tried different devices and you know all that stuff, then in that particular case, same thing. Just reach out to uh, Team YouTube. 
Um, that, that's that's kind of the only shot you got there. Um, just reach out to them. See if they can uh, help you get sorted. What's probably going to happen is you're going to reach out to them. They're going to send you to a Google help doc that's going to give you some troubleshooting options. Yeah, so I'm going to give – I've had this happen. So try a different browser and and see if you can find any other phone number. Uh, a family no- phone number, another friend number. Go to the store and get a, a different SIM card. Um, I've for for whatever reason I've had Google just completely reject phone numbers before. Just nope. no rhyme or reason whatsoever. They just would not send the code. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, try a different browser. Try a different number. Get a different SIM card. Yep. Circle H Scuba. They upload one time per week or more. They do education and talking head content. The goal of the channel is to replace my full time jobs income while getting more people diving. And the question is. What tips do you have for someone negotiating a longer-term 12-month channel sponsor? I'm at the beginning pit stages, and it's going well, but I'm unsure of what to look out for. 12 months is a long time, but I prefer to do something long-term versus the constant negotiation of one-off deals that takes loads of time. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the long-term, uh, the long-term arrangements. The benefits to that are, uh, one, you get to continually you know, recommend that product and service, which shows the people that are interacting with your content that you stand behind it. Um, in addition to that, um, them getting that continued exposure, um, you get to spread it to more of your audience. So when, when you are just spot, having one video sponsored, then everything's kind of reliant on that video. But when you are continually you know, bringing it up, mentioning it, you know, wearing merch about it, you know, things like that throughout your content, then it keeps being brought up. So the likelihood of more saturation into your audience is there. Um, in addition to that, you also get to create relationships with the people at the companies. When you just do a one-off deal in that particular case, it's like, okay, well, we just did that one video. We exchanged some emails. We do the thing. It's very mechanical and robotic. And it's like, hey, we do the thing and then it's done. And then, hey, you know, next campaign or whatever, you know, let's do it again. Um, but when it comes to the long-term deals, in that particular case, you might be sending emails back and forth from time to time. You might be hopping on calls from time to time to do like check-ins and stuff. Um, you can also collaborate. Hey, you know, I published this video and, you know, I was talking about these particular things. Um, you know, how did this convert? Um, is there anything that you think that I could do better in terms of explaining it or something like that, that maybe might, you know, get more people involved, those sorts of things. So you can actually work with them to help bring attention to those products, which is great. Um, in terms of the negative, So the negative side is that you are, you know, like you need to make that content. Um, So let's say that you're like, you know what? I don't feel like making videos this month for whatever reason. Well, you are still on the lamb, so to speak, for the obligations that you have with those companies that you're working with. Um, So that's really the only negative. Um, Or the company does something that changes something on their end to where, you know, they end up, you know, doing something that's kind of shady or maybe it doesn't work well. And then people go there and they keep running into problems with it and all that. Um, those types of things, you know, can also be, uh, you know, uh, uh, not great. So, um, other things that happen too is, uh, like, let's say you have something where people have like a free thing and then they change it from being free to, uh, you know, not being free anymore. And you've got like, you know, 12 videos on your channel talking about it being free or a part of it being free and then they changed it you know that can also you know be a little bit problematic but at the end of the day if you're talking you know with them and you're staying in the loop with what it is that's going on then you should be able to hedge against you know some of that stuff got a super chat yep and in terms of negotiating the the, the, the longer deal let, let me talk a little bit more about that really quick for those of you that are going to be doing your you know first brand deals um, other things to keep in mind is that brand deals are not always about publishing videos so you are a content creator 
and you do have that, you know, because they want, you know, to put their stuff in front of your audience. However, there are also other things that you might be able to provide for that for that brand. Um, in some cases, it could be product feedback. In other cases, it could be, you know, you make content for their channels. You know, if you find that they have a TikTok account that they don't really do anything with, you can offer in exchange for a fee to make content for their TikTok account if you had time, you know, little little details like that. But you can get really creative and just try to come up with, you know, anything. And, and this is why hopping on a call and working it out with them is important. Um, but, you know, you can you can do all kinds of, you know, fun things with what it is that you're doing, even other things like there's somebody that I know that's working with a company that I'm working with and they did this thing to where they gave away $4,000 um, to be able to bring more attention to this particular product. So they had a contest around their channel. Um, the company footed the $4,000 and then the viewers, they got to win the $4,000. But as part of that process, that company was constantly being brought up, you know, all kinds of fun stuff like that you can do if you choose to. Learn Spanish World, thank you for the super chat. It says, hey guys, what headphones do you use? Um, I purchased the Rode NTH100. Um, it snapped on the locking connector. I'm on my second and third pair of broken Rode headphones. I want to try a different brand. Any suggestions? So for live streaming. I, I just put in, so I'm going to put this on the screen right now. So in this studio right here, we've got all kinds of different headphones between yeah. the two of us. Uh, these right here and we've used these we for, abuse the heck out of those things we've used these yeah. for years for streaming um this is the audio technica ath m30x yep. uh we also have the m50 yep m50x yep. that's what i use at home too i all uh and then for music i've got the Barodynamics dd 70s 770 pro 250 ohm mm -hmm. and we've got all oh. kinds of little ohm. we've got all kinds of little ear what, what are those like these i don't even know what these are called yeah like i don't know the brand or anything yeah um but yeah these are just like little earbuds to wear when you put them on uh like these are i use some of these at home too um i'm a little bit more casual with them here but if i'm doing like a podcast interview or something like that um or if i'm on somebody else's live stream and i'm at home to make sure that their audio doesn't get any feedback or anything like that i'll put in headphones yeah. and uh with these as you can see i don't have the big cans on my ears right so they're not as distracting you can also get smaller versions of these also that are more like skin tone yeah. um if you are in the states then you can get those off of sweetwater um amazon really only has these at least for what i could find uh but you can get you know some that are uh different skin tones uh off of i believe it's sweetwater um it's either sweetwater or bnh one of them has those mm. yeah i love my aerodynamics the most but yeah. I, I use those for music but the, i we just use these for i mean we're not trying to get like a we're not doing like accuracy and audio is not yeah, important for live our, streaming yeah, yeah. Right. it's like we just put these on and and we just run i, mm -hmm. I think i like these because they weren't that expensive number one but number two they're just man they're really durable yeah we've dropped these they fall off the the hanger over here um they don't and again the, the, you know they could cause a problem for you but i don't get ear fatigue with these mm -hmm. i can leave these on and work for a long time and they also sell the replacement earpieces Yep. Uh, so if you don't like these little, these aren't even leather. What are these? What do they call this? I have no idea. Whatever this stuff is called on the inside, you can replace these with like a soft, like a softer uh, earpiece, which I don't have on this particular set. But next up, number twenty-three, we got Jess Book Girl TV. Jess Book Girl TV. Um, it's a BookTube channel where they talk about books and visit bookstores, etc. 
The goal of the channel is to talk about books. And the question is, books. do you have any advice on how to speak off the cuff when filming videos or live streaming? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much all we do. Yep. <laughs> so when it, comes to, when it comes to that, what I do recommend is that you do have some type of outline. Um, the reason having an outline is important is because it can make sure that you're not overfilling the video, right? Because when you're when you're going off the cuff and when you're making content in general, you want to make sure that you're being concise because that is part of effective communication. So because of that, you want to work off of bullet points if you can. And um, with those bullet points, you can attach notes to them. You know, if you want to, or if you don't want to, you know, actually script things out. But uh, when you work off of bullet points, then it just makes sure that one, you get out the points that you're trying to get out, and two, it also keeps you on track. So what some people will do is they'll have those bullet points, and then if they're sitting there talking to the camera and they're kind of freestyling um, or going off the cuff, then in that case, they'll just put the notes off to the side. And then while they're talking, they'll just glance off kind of in a casual way. And when they do that, they're looking at their notes and that lets them know what to talk about next as they're closing down, you know, the first idea. Um, so that sort of thing can be really helpful. Other people will do the same thing, but they'll put it on a teleprompter, but it's still just the just the outline. And um, and with that, it just shows them, okay, these are the talking points. These are the things that I need to make sure that I say. However it is that I get to them, you know, that's, that's the thing. Um, but yeah, when it comes to talking off the cuff, it's great for efficiency in the recording process but it's not that great when it comes to the editing part of it. So when it comes to the editing part, usually if you're going off the cuff, you'll end up kind of maybe way over communicating sometimes. And then you have to go through and figure out the right places to cut and things like that. And since you didn't really design the content, you're just kind of, you know, rolling with the flow. Um, it can make for messy edits sometimes. That's really the only like real downside. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I do recommend is even if you are working off of bullet points, I do recommend that you do put a lot of thought and a lot of intention into the intro of your video. Basically, like as soon as your video starts, the thing that you're saying, the things that you're showing on screen, all that, put a lot of you know effort into that particular part, even if you're freestyling, um, because that is a, a very important part of, uh, of being a content creator and making effective videos. Next up, D24. Um, we've got uh, do, 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 do. Suburban Acreage. The type of channel is DIY how-to and tool reviews surrounding home ownership and lawn care. The goal of the channel is to share information, build community, and make some money. money. And the question is, I can't get my channel banner art to look right. It's a weird sizing issue between desktop and mobile where it looks optimized for one, but scaling is off the other. I choose to have it look good for mobile, so desktop has the white margins on each side. You and D have talked about this before, and there's a mention of a template. Thank you both for what you do. D, go. Yes, there is a template for this. You can just Google it. You can Google YouTube. You have a template. That's why I sent it over to you. You have a template for this. I have you? a template, and I have no idea exactly what video it's in or if it's even still active. Maybe channel art template, uh, D. Nimmin. Probably. Google. That'd probably bring it up. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, it's an old video. I'm like walking you through this, D. Yeah. Yep. I don't yep. need the view. Yep. Right. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. No. No, yeah. I have a video. I just don't remember what the title of it is. But you can go to Google, and you can type in YouTube channel header art. You can go to my channel. You can find that video down in the description. I've got a, a link. Basically, just build it on top of that and it has the markers. So it can say, this is what's gonna show up on mobile, this is what's gonna show up on desktop, this is what's gonna show up on a tablet, so on and so forth. And as long as you build to where the most important parts are within the mobile area, everything else is gonna fall into place. What yeah. you don't wanna do is stop building beyond that. I see that a lot. Where like you look at a channel on your phone and it's fine. If you channel art, then you look at it on a desktop and it just you can see that it's cut off. 
where they just didn't think that through. Yep. DIY Audio Guy, congratulations on your 80,000 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you. Now I have Love to go find that video. Yeah, he says 80,000 subscribers, 10 million views. He just hit 80,000. Wow. Congratulations. Love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, next up, we got Blake Cards. Blake Cards. Um, the goal is to get monetized in the channel. His brother, his bro uh, he and his brother open and review football cards. The question. I took a break for three months after the birth of my son, and our first video back did much better than any of our other videos. I got 800 views in a week, which is a lot for our channel. I posted a second video a week later, which was similar, opening the same type of football card box using similar thumbnails and titling, but the second video only got around 100 views. Does YouTube have a push out of videos from creators that haven't posted in a while? I'm trying to figure out why this video did so much better than uh, what we usually do and why replicating it isn't getting even half of the results of the original. Thanks for everything you guys do. So when it comes to this, keep in mind that um, when you publish a video and the same exact thing happens, like let's say you publish a video on Monday and then you publish a video on like Friday, right? The videos are gonna be going in front of similar people, but they're gonna be different people and everybody's gonna respond you know, differently to what it is that you've done. Um, the thing that you did in terms of trying to chase it with something similar is a very good move. However, that second video, people just didn't respond to it at the same way that they did in that first one and that's why you ended up getting the low results from it. So YouTube Analytics has a really cool feature that everybody, when you're, when you're in this place where you're like, man, I published this video and it did great, and then I published this one and I thought it was gonna do great, but it ended up you know, not doing good at all. Um, YouTube Analytics has a great feature called Compare. So what you do is you go into the content in question, let's say you go into the one that did well, and you click into that video, and then you go into, you go into Analytics, and then you go into Advanced Mode. Once you're in Advanced Mode, over on the right-hand side of the screen, um, kind of like eh, top third of the page, you're gonna see an option that says Compare. When you click on that, um, then you get to select another video on your channel and you can select one of the videos that didn't do well. Now, of course, you gotta make sure the date ranges are right and everything like that so you get a good clear picture of what happened. But what you can do is you can actually see, okay, this one got this many impressions and people responded in this way to this one. They watched this one for X amount of time compared to this one. We had this many people share it. We had this many people uh, in this particular one uh, uh, that, um, uh, I'd mentioned the sharing thing. So this video here got more views coming from external traffic source like Google search, um, where this video got, you know, most of its traffic coming from YouTube's recommendations, let's say the homepage or suggested videos. And, and you can really start to paint a picture on why one video ended up doing better than the other video just by looking at that information. So I recommend that you do check that. In addition to that, look in the videos because you can also do this look in the videos each one and look to see like how people responded now keep in mind when you get more impressions on a video um it's harder to maintain higher numbers on that video so you always have to keep that in mind but you when you're considering the impressions that the video's got make sure that you're looking in the audience retention as well and just see if people responded in the same way to the video and then click on the compared to other videos option on both of those videos and then see uh if competitively if people responded at the rate that's you know competitively the same compared to other videos of similar length for both of those also um, but you have all of the tools all of us do we have all of the tools at our disposal to help us identify these things you just have to as a content creator one of the skill sets that's important to learn is learning how to use those tools now i know for a lot of us being creative 
you know, you're, you're just wanting to make stuff, right? You're not wanting to like dig in and, you know, dig into analytics and things like that. Um, and because of that, YouTube is, is, is making a lot of this stuff easy to understand through their quick view analytics that they have. But, um, if you do work on that skill set, it will help you be able to more easily identify problems. It'll help you be more easily able to identify opportunities with your content as well. Um, when you do learn how to use your analytics to be able to do things like I just talked about in terms of comparing content, and it helps you get a better understanding of like, okay, well, now it's clear to me because I, you know, compared the videos against each other. Now it's clear to me why this one did better, right? Like I had a lot more people responding. Um, let's say they came in from YouTube search or let's say they were clicking on this one on the homepage more where for whatever reason, even though I tried to make everything the same, they just didn't respond to this one as much, right? So it just kind of helps you understand what's happening with your content. Next up on the list, you're on number 26. Cruising right along, man. Yep. So we got a Her Heel review. Um, we, we might get to all of them today. We might. Yeah. The uh, goal of the channel is to turn my love of movies into income. Question, how many videos can you upload per day versus how many would you recommend per day? So I would recommend three um, as a max. And the reason for that is because YouTube recommendations, um, it only notifies subscribers of uh, three videos within a uh, 24 hour period. So because of that, I would limit it to three. But really one thing that, that I always try to remind people of is when it comes to YouTube, it is important to make sure that you are pacing yourself. And the reason that it's important to make sure that you're pacing yourself is because, yeah, you could upload three videos a day, you might be able to upload 10 videos a day, but how long are you gonna be able to do that for? And what quality is the videos that you're uploading? And by quality, I mean, you know, like how much thought are you able to put into, especially as a solo creator? If you got a team around you, it's different. But um, if you're a solo content creator, like how much thought can you actually put into 10 videos a day or eight videos a day or three videos a day, right? You're really limited there. So even if you're a full-time content creator, you're yeah. limited at three videos, you know, like it, it's a, it's a, there's only so much that, that you can, that you can do there. So because of that, I would think more of like longevity in terms of like, how can I make really good videos? And instead of just trying to flood the platform with a bunch, how can I just make some really good videos so I can upload like daily, just one video or so that I can, I can upload like a few times per week instead of just being on the grind constantly trying to make sure that I get out, you know, three or five or however many videos that you're wanting to upload every day, right? Focus on, on, on quality in terms of viewer response and experience over quantity. Oh, let's see here. So next up, Motive Music Studios says, um, I need a deep dive in comparison analytics. Yeah, so another thing too that's uh, really helpful is there's another feature in there called the grouping feature where you can take entire content sets. So like since you make music, um, in your case, like let's say you have some lo-fi content in your channel, let's say you have some synthwave on your channel, you can actually go in and you can say, okay, these are all my lo-fi videos, these are all my synthwave videos, and you can start comparing you know, them against each other's content sets too, to where you can get a better understanding like, okay, um, as a music type, what is it that people are responding to more? Um, so you can, you know, also get that kind of information too. Next, we've got speed drawing and animation channel. Are <coughs> you the coughs today? The, okay? Yeah, I do. Um, Gregory Sesma is the channel name. They do speed drawing and animation. The goal of the channel says, I'm hoping to grow my channel and make a second income and entertain people with my art. The question, how can I grow my channel faster? I post two or more videos a week, mostly shorts. I'm not getting the growth that I feel that I should have. Are my expectations too high and wanting to get monetized in a month or two? Thank you for the Saturday streams. They are a highlight of my week. So when it comes to um, getting monetized quickly, 
um, some content creators can do it. Some people, you know, can't based on just their knowledge of how this stuff works and, you know, how good the con you know, content is when they put it out and all of that. So in terms of, you know, expecting it for no reason, if that's what's going on, then in that particular case, yeah, I would try to reel that in a little bit. But if you're like, you know, I'm actually, I've got experience in this, I'm good at this, I know what people respond to, then in that case, putting that expectation out there makes a little bit more sense. But when it comes to growing the channel faster, it's important to remember that everything on YouTube is about response. If people respond well to the content, YouTube is going to find other people on the platform that are a good fit for that content. If people don't respond well to that content, YouTube is going to prioritize other content over yours that does get a response for the audience that you're trying to reach. So because of that, you just have to make sure that everything that you're putting out um, is at a quality level that's competitive in terms of the response that you get um, for the platform. And when you get when you when you hit that threshold, you'll know it because then the you know average view counts that you get and all that stuff are going to be a lot more consistent um, compared to uh, what you're probably getting right now. And also, like when it comes to shorts, um, you know, if you're trying to get monetized in a month, you know, keep in mind the uh, the view requirement is pretty, uh, pretty heavy. Like if you're just doing YouTube shorts, um, yeah. the view requirement is really <laughs> 10, heavy. 10 million views. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, so because lot, of man. that, like you're going to have to really be on the grind when it comes to YouTube shorts in order to get, you know, monetized from that um, in a month or two. Next up, we got Oats Lounge. They do lo-fi, a lo-fi channel. Love it. The goal of the channel is to be the go-to channel for lo-fi music for the lovers of the genre. For now, I have 37 subscribers. And to be honest, I didn't even believe I could get that. Dude, that's awesome. Yep. Congratulations to you for that 37. I didn't believe you could either, man. You proved me wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Congratulations, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> the question is, uh, my most viewed videos have a very low impression click-through rate. I've tried different thumbnails, but it seems it's getting even lower. How can I improve that? Keep working on it. Yeah. Like, um, like what I recommend that you do is look at other look at other channels that are you know making similar content and just look for themes in terms of how it is that they're doing things and you know the 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 way that you know uh, like how are they grabbing people's attention to let them know that it's lo-fi music you know um, so that they can you know click on it and then come in and enjoy the lo-fi content. So I would pay really close attention to how everybody else that you're competing with is is putting their stuff together and just look for patterns like okay all the successful channels seem to be doing this and then try those types of things and see if it if it if it helps yeah and something i've seen a good handful of music channels have success with is instead of i mean you can put you know for example lo-fi piano music that's fine mm -hmm. but you could also experiment and try putting like the mood mm -hmm. right um lo-fi piano music for when you're feeling sad you know that sort of thing yep. putting moods and putting vibes to the actual you know to the track itself yep. it creates and, something different right yeah right yeah set the tone and then you know have your thumbnail match that tone have the imagery in the video match that you know yep next up we got kathleen benjamin they upload every other day. The goal of the channel is to help mature women with beauty and lifestyle information. The question is, I own a bridal hair and makeup company. I've been in the industry for 40 years. I originally started creating content on YouTube to educate women getting married with their hair and makeup questions. My content instantly resonated more with mature women, so I pivoted my channel to mature beauty lifestyle videos. Now, I'm not sure how to promote my YouTube videos on social media. All of my socials are geared towards wedding hair and makeup. Some of this content 
would resonate with mothers of the bride, but not with the bride. Should I create a new social media or just add my highlights on my Instagram? Thank you for your advice. Um, your video behind the scenes on how many takes it took you to get your intro right was so helpful and it instantly gave me the uh, courage to put myself out there. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So uh, when it comes to you having mature women respond to what it is that you're doing, I know that you have a bridal hair and makeup company. Um, one thing to remember um, with your uh, hair and makeup company uh, or your bridal hair and makeup company is that I'm going to guess that, you know, most of the brides do have mothers. So because of that, you know, hopefully it's going to be some of them that are, you know, watching your content or their dads, you know, of course. Um, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be some of them that are watching your content. So that may, you know, be of benefit to you. But when it comes to like the big thing that I want to talk about is you talk about using social media to promote your videos. So the important thing to understand when it comes to YouTube, because like that particular thing is very common where people are like, okay, so I'm uploading YouTube videos. How do I promote my videos? So the thing that we all have to do when it comes to our content is we have to learn how to, how to get a response on the platform. And what that means is you need to learn how to make content that is competitive enough on YouTube that you don't have to. If you want to, you can share it, but to where you don't have to share it in order to get activity on the video. So the way that you do that is by, you know, of course, learning Okay, when I use these types of thumbnails, people respond to them. When I make videos about these types of topics, people respond to them, that sort of thing. And identifying those things over time. When I make videos, you know, they start like this. People seem to watch them for a little bit longer. When I talk about, you know, these things and people will watch my videos for almost the whole video, you know, those types of things. So it's important to make sure that you are, hey, Mark, what's going on, man? Hey. It's, it's important to make sure that you are trying to level up the content itself and people's identification of the content. What I mean by identification of the content is of course, make sure that you're using high quality photos and things like that for you know the imagery that you're showing, you know, like with the shots that you're taking, make sure that you look at other people who are making similar content and just look how they're packaging it up. Like what do their thumbnails look like compared to mine and literally pull them up next to each other. And if you find that there's look like high quality and they're getting a lot of activity, then in that particular case, you know, making sure that yours are high quality too. And they might already be, but I'm just saying that as an example, in terms of pulling up their content, start their video, start your video. What does theirs look like? What does it sound like? How does mine compare to what it is that they're doing for the ones that are getting the activity? And then from there, that starts teaching you the places that you're deficient. So you can say, okay, well, if I am uh, publishing videos in this niche and I am uh, you know, uh, uh, competing with all of these other content creators, some of them are going to be going after you know, that same audience that you are then in that particular case, I need to make sure that I can compete in that regard. So start doing those comparisons so you can just look for the places that you need to improve and then start actively working on, okay, well, how do I get better lighting if that's the case? How do I get better lighting? How do I make my, my audio sound better in my videos? How do I make my thumbnails better? How do I, you know, um, how do I really narrow it down to topics that people, you know, really care about in this particular space, those types of things. And when you, when you do all of that, it's going to help you get a better understanding of, of, cause all of the channels that are successful for everybody here, all of the channels that are successful that make content like you make, they've figured out 
how to make competitive content for the space. That's why they're successful. So they leave a trail of clues. So if you pull up their content, you pull up your content and you're like, okay, well, this is like a wildly different experience than what it is that I have. Of course, if, if you're at that place where it's like, this is all I can do right now, that's fine. But if, if you pull up those channels side by side, yours and theirs, and you're like, wow, this is like, you know, the, the, the voice when I, when they start their videos, it's just like right there in my face and everything sounds just like, you know, just nice and, you know, present and things like that, but yours doesn't, then that starts to let you know, like, okay, maybe this is something I need to look into so I can try to improve this. And then as you go through those processes, then your content's going to start getting better. And then as you start doing that, you start learning how to actually structure the videos better and things like that then uh, you'll start getting a better response on platform. And then you're not even going to have to worry about your uh, other social media accounts um, in terms of sharing the content to get the attention on YouTube, because YouTube's going to do all the heavy lifting for you. And that's really the beauty of YouTube, especially for a business owner, because typically, and this is probably why you're promoting your content on, on other platforms, because typically as a business owner, you're like, hey, I'm going to put myself out in as many places as I can because I need people to know about my business. But when it comes to YouTube, the amazing thing about the platform here is that once you do crack that and you're like, okay, my content's competitive, people are responding to this and, and YouTube's like, hey, when we show this content to people that are interested in this topic, they respond well to it. So let's show it to more people. As soon as that happens, YouTube is actively working on your behalf to bring Technically, it's working on the viewer's behalf to bring the content that they care about to them. But the side effect is that they uh, they essentially go out and find all your customers for you. So you're going to get a lot of people that will come through that won't actually be customers. But for the people that will become customers, they're literally finding them based on the people that enjoy your content. So as a business owner, the best thing that you can possibly do is get your content to that level um, to where people people respond people respond better to it. And then you won't even have to worry about what's happening on other social media platforms. Super chat, chat from painfully honest tech. Nimmin appreciation time. Oh, nice. Thank you, man. Appreciate so for that. That that celebration. He said appreciation tithe. Oh, tithe. Yeah, nice. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to celebrate by drinking some, um, this terrible stuff. Yep. So this is M oh, the Emroy Hossip. Emroy Hossip, which is M150. Yep. This is like Red Bull. For Andrew Cannon in the house. What's up, hey, dude? Andrew, Hope you're doing you awesome. Want? Nice to see you in here. This is probably some of the worst stuff you could drink. Yeah. But I'm tired. Yep. So I drink this because of you, Jason. Yep. Renee says that uh, Disney's currently struggling to get views on Marvel and Star Wars content, and there's no algorithm to get mad at there. No matter what, you got to make the viewers happy. Right? Love it. So uh, here, so next up on the list... Disney should struggle for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they need to struggle. Next up, we got Comics Undone. Um, they've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do comic book media. The goal of the channel is to share videos about comic characters and stories. The question is, is it worthwhile to take older posted videos and make a longer compilation? Or is it redundant if those videos exist in the same playlist? So, yeah, you can absolutely put videos in a playlist. You can also make mashups and compilations of videos and that sort of thing as well. Um, I wouldn't just be like, okay, let's take the full video and just put them back to back. I wouldn't do that. But if you're like, hey, here's the highlights of, you know, um, so you're doing comic book characters. So these are the highlights of these particular things. You can do that. And another side of that is to keep in mind that not every person that's interacting with your channel is going to watch every piece of content that you publish. So there's a lot of room for that. In addition to that, you know, your content should be pushing into some new viewership of people that have never even experienced your content before. So because of that, you know, there's also value there. But keep in mind 
some people will look at mashups and things like that as a way to just put out content, you know, just to kind of feed the machine, but it's kind of like a low effort thing in a lot of cases. So uh, if that's the approach, keep in mind that people might respond to it great. And that might be a game changer for your channel. But on the other side of that, it also might be like, okay, yeah, this is clearly repurposed content and there's not like a real, you know, clear value here. So make sure that if you are doing mashups and compilations and things like that, that there is a very clear value, like, you know, like our best, you know, character, you know, highlights or, you know, that kind of stuff. Next up, D, round 31. Man. Yep. Gaming with Cat is our uh, next channel here. They do a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is the goal for everyone to enjoy games. And the question is, how do you make videos? All right, D, go. How do you make videos? Uh, <laughs> like, how do you make videos? That's a really broad question. Like, you, what's your, what's your what, what does your process look like? My process uh, is usually me just yelling at the camera a lot. Okay. And no, okay, so here breaking stuff, throwing things. Like, oh, let's go get another camera. There's, <laughs> there goes that one. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Are you making content on a phone? Are you making what type of camera? Camera using a webcam? I think they were a gaming channel. So are you using like OBS or something to stream? No, no, no out? you. What's your process? Well, they were asking. Uh, my process is usually to come up with an idea. Uh, I come up with an idea based on what I think my audience, either current audience or a new audience, uh, an idea that would help them, right? Problems that I know that they have. Those are usually my ideas. <coughs> You're a mess tonight. I know. Yeah, so I start with a problem and I, and I think about how can I make a solution for these people? And then I write out some bullet points of some parts that I absolutely cannot leave out. I usually write bullet points. I'm a, I'm a Sharpie person, so I'll get a piece of paper and a Sharpie. Um, if I lose my Sharpie in this mess, I'll use a note app in my phone, but I prefer a piece of paper and a Sharpie. And I'll put some bullet points down. Uh, I've got a remote control for the camera. And I record in clips. So I'll look at the first bullet point. Well, first of all, I think about my hook. I, I spend a lot of time focusing on my hook. I'll drive around on my, on my bike, and I'll, people probably look at me like I'm a lunatic. Oh, there's that guy again, right? Because <laughs> I'll drive around, and I'll just say it out loud. I'll say it out loud in the recording voice, and I'll just work on my hook. I'll drive around sometimes for a really long time and just try to think of different ways to, to say it and how to emphasize certain things. So when I come in here to record it, I might struggle through the rest of it, but the most important thing is, is how I get them at the beginning. So I want that to be solid. So I'll come in and I'll, I'll, I'll record the hook first. I actually take that for, take it back. I do a white balance check. I got a white balance card. Okay. So I'll, I'll, that, I'll, that's an important, yeah, that's an let important me, part. Let me, let me yeah, 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 please do, please time. do. Yeah. yeah yeah, so the reason that I asked D to talk about his process is because, you know, the question here is about, like, how do you make videos? So they're getting ready to start a YouTube channel. And the reason that I'm, that I'm sharing D's process is because once D's finished, I'm going to share mine. And there's going to be a lot of crossover here um, and a lot of similarities, but I'm going to share mine as well um, so that they can get some insights on just kind of, you know, how, how we do it. Okay. Now, if you're just getting started, you don't have to have this. Right. But because I'm using uh, a particular type of camera and the editing software, I can actually... Controlled lighting. Controlled yeah. lighting, right. So this is called a, a color card, essentially. Gray card. Gray card, color card. And yeah, because you can get them with different colors in yeah. it as well. And what this essentially does is I, I make a first clip that's just like, you know, five or, some, five or 10 seconds long. And it allows me to open this up in my video editor. And I can tell the video editor this is white 
and then it helps me just kind of fine tune the white balance. Now I've been editing with CapCut and I don't have that feature in my CapCut. So I'm kind of eyeballing that with the, mm -hmm. the scopes and everything. But uh, the previous ones I could go in and I could use the eyedropper and I can say this is white and it would help get the colors correct based on how I wanted it. You don't have to do that. But you can also use a plain white piece of paper too. You can use a plain white piece it's of paper. It's not perfect, but it, it it's, gets you there. But you asked for my process. Yeah. So this is how I start. So the yep. first the first five to 10 seconds is just one clip of that. Then I record my hook. And sometimes I'll record the hook two, three, four times just to make sure I nail it. Then I record the ending. Mm. So I have the ending in mind and I have in mind what I want to hand them off to next. So in addition to the hook that I practice, I also go through a couple times before I record it. And I think about what would be a good match? What would be the, the best video for them to watch next? And then I tell them to click on the video on why they should watch that video. I'll do that most of the time. So I got the beginning and then I have the end. Then I go back and each one of these is a clip, right? Then I go through and I start recording the clips based on the bullet points. So I have the first bullet point, which is the first thing I want to say. I hit record. I say the thing. And if I get it right, I stop recording. If I get it wrong, I clap my hands and then I stop recording. And I go through the entire process that way. Why do you clap your hands? I'll tell you. After I record all of the clips and I pull them all into my timeline, right? All into the timeline. I look at every audio spike at the end of the clips and I know that those are errors. And I go through and I delete every clip that's got an audio spike at the end because that tells me that that clip is no good. So I delete them all, and what I'm left with are only good clips. So then I just go through and I start fine-tuning, and you know, I might have to read through, I might have to listen through the hook clips, you know, if I've got three or four different, begin, you know, hook, uh, different clips at the beginning. I might have to go through those, but for the rest of it, I'm only left with good clips. So then I just have to go in and basically just fine tune those, and if I wanna add any B-roll or imagery that goes on top of it, that, that's my process. But it's, it. it starts with an idea um, of how I can solve someone's problem. And for reference, that process, I think the last two videos published to his personal channel, I think you've got like over 100,000 on each of those, right? 100,000 views on each of those videos in the last two at I the time of this stream. Something like that. Yeah. So like that process, you know, is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, so, but, that, but that process works for me. Right. That's a process that I've put together for YouTube specifically over... Yeah, it is. The last two videos, I have 107,000 views and 121,000 views on right, those. Right. Um, but those were also, I was solving problems there. Mm -hmm. I, I was solving problems, and I was solving problems based on a problem that was happening big at the time. Mm -hmm. For example, one of those is people stopped getting views on their shorts, mm -hmm. and everybody said, oh my God, all my shorts, my shorts views just died. Opportunity. Yep. Because I, I, I had some answers for them. Yep. Um, but that's my that that was my uh, you know that's my process. Everybody's got a different process. I love the clapping at the end of the clip. It's it, it's a time that's saver. Great. Yeah. Now that doesn't yeah, work great. for everybody. And, yeah. and my my channel is an educational channel. Mm -hmm. So if you're a travel vlogger, you're obviously going to be different. It's going to be different. But for an educational channel, that's the system that I put together um, over the course uh, of several years. Yep. And then when that's all finished, I'll usually make the thumbnail. Uh, but again, I have an assets folder. I already have lots of different images of me that are already cut out. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to worry about cutting myself out unless I have a new picture. Um, I have some templates made. So I have like, I have a couple of different thumbnail templates already made and saved in a, P a PSD format, which is layers. So all I have to do is open them up and then change the text and change the background. And then think about... Um, Let me ask you guys a question. 
What are you looking at? Oh, no, uh, oh. Grub Mud just came in, said, been rocking with you bros for three years now. Thanks, guys, for everything. So awesome. I was just checking out the channel real quick. Oh. Yeah, so I, I having those templates for thumbnails allows me not to start at zero. So it speeds up the thumbnail process. Okay. So that, like that's, that's my... That's my process. Love it. Yep. So yeah, so mine, pretty much the same thing. Um, there's a few differences there. So uh, one of the things that I'll do is um, when I come up with the video idea, I'll clear that idea through the title that I'm going to write, you know, for it. Mm -hmm. So I'll spend some time on the title trying to think it up. Yeah. Nowadays, I'll throw it in like chat GPT or something and I'll, you know, get some variations, look for better like impact words, things like that. Um, and then I'll get a rough idea of what it is I'm going to show visually in the thumbnail mm -hmm. so that I can, you know, make sure I'm going to be able to represent it. And then, um, <clears throat> and then from there, a lot of crossover in terms of I also use that card, a similar one, um, and then I record for five to 10 seconds. The reason for that is um, same thing with D, like getting the color right, but I also use that to sample out a noise print. So the advantage- Tell them what a noise print is. Yeah, so the advantage of that is when uh, when you are you know recording that silence, and the idea is that, that you're not saying anything, you're not moving around, I'm just sitting there holding that card for five to 10 seconds, and then when I load that into uh, Adobe Audition, then I can uh, highlight that whole clip and then I can tell it to capture the noise print. So what that's doing is that is um, that is identifying what the ambient room noise is. So like when I'm not saying anything, it's what the noise is. So there might be like an air conditioner or there might be some type of just, you know, other things that are just kind of buzzing and things like that in the background. Then what it does is it identifies those things. So then I can apply that noise print to my spoken audio. And then when I, I do that, then it can remove all of that stuff from my spoken audio. So then I don't have to turn off any air conditioners or fans or, you know, anything like that when I'm recording. Um, in addition to that, once that's finished, for that recording part then i do a similar thing where i record in clips and uh with me i just i'll just stop the clip and then i'll just start you know a new one and where d looks for the spike um for me it's kind of in reverse to where i look at how i start it because i always start it the same so that when i'm going through the clips i'm like okay this one starts this way what's the next one look like when it starts and then if as soon as i hit one that starts differently that tells me that the clip previous is the correct one and then that one will get pulled in and you know and worked on um and then i just rinse and repeat that process you know as i'm going through edit the whole video if it's one that i'm editing if it's not one that i'm handing off um and then uh yeah and then once i get to the end of it then of course you know render it all out and you know all that stuff okay now that is how he does it that's how i do it but people are absolutely just killing it on youtube by just setting up their phone yep on a tripod Some or just people. leaning it up against something and just sitting down and yep. just talking yep and then uploading it and just youtube selecting the thumbnail for them yep they're not editing anything they're not worrying about noise prints they're not they right. just yeah yep so i mean there's there's all kinds of different ways to do it find mm -hmm. the best way that works for you um find the way that that that's going to resonate the best with your audience. Yep. I wish I could just sit down. Here's the thing. I am not articulate enough when I'm recording the video. It's like you and I can sit down and have a conversation. We can just go back and forth and right. back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and get it out. And even when you're live streaming. Even when you're live totally streaming. Totally different thing. It's so weird. Right. But it? when I sit down and I have this remote and I hit record. Perfectionism kicks in. It's Bam! Like, right to the gut. It's like my tongue is like, mm -hmm. no, you can't do this today. Right. Which is pretty much any time I get hit record. Right. Um, so I do a lot of claps. You, you know, if you are, so we have a friend, and I don't know if he's watching right now, but he made his first video not a couple weeks ago. 
and he was getting really frustrated the fact that he could not just get through what it is that he wanted to say he yeah that he had to keep doing takes. he had to keep doing takes mm-hmm. We all have to keep doing takes. Right. I, I think there there are very few creators out. They are out there, but very few creators can consistently just hit record and nail it with one take. Sometimes I can get through parts of what I want to say in a single take, but I can't recall ever getting through a single video in a single take. Usually, there's entire segments where I'll just have to do it over and over and over and over sometimes. And you know, sometimes a video will take me 15 minutes to record. Sometimes it'll take me two hours to record it it's it's completely different yep so yeah so if you're one of those people where you're like i'm so stupid i can't say what i want to say (laughs) like i keep struggling why can't i do we're all like it's a normal part of the process it's it's a normal part of the process yeah yeah and with that too i'm going to put a a video here um into the chat right now yeah um so this particular video is a video that i made that that shows my process also yeah so it shows the process it actually shows me sitting there saying the thing hitting the thing again, saying it again, but it's a pretty unedited video, very light editing. And, uh, and it basically just shows the entire process. So you can watch that, you know, just for more, you know, details in case we overlooked anything there. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is this. So if you do a collaboration with someone, like if you go to an event, like we're at Vid Summit or something mm-hmm. like that, or, or VidCon. We'll just say Vid Summit, cause that's the only thing that we're really going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so so Vid Summit. And if except you're doing- for, uh, uh, TubeFest, which I'll be going to in, uh, in the UK. And if you are doing a collaboration with somebody and you're you're in a hallway and you're like, okay, well, here's what we're going to say. We're going to go back and forth. And then they hand it off to you. Nine out of 10 times, you'll nail it with the first take. Right, right. Almost. Because that pressure's there. It's almost like being live. It's almost like being live. Yeah, almost like being live. Nine out of 10 times, you'll nail it on the first take. And you'll do do a pretty good job. But there's something weird about being in your, whatever, your home, your studio, recording, and you're just trying to get it right. And I just make mistake after mistake yep. after mistake to the point where you're like, man, I've made countless videos. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just get through this yep. um, easier? It's bizarre. Yeah. And that video that I made, uh, the one talking about the YouTube quitting thing. Yeah. Like that particular one, like each one of those videos yeah. were at least, I would say, uh, 10 to 18 minutes each mm. yeah, on each one of those. Jason says, uh, I don't do multiple takes, but I do repeat lines with several deliveries and then choose when I edit. It takes the pressure off and gives me choices, mm. nice. right? Everybody's got a different way of doing it. Yep. That's the thing. Figure out a way that works best for you that, that helps you be as efficient as possible. Yeah. So uh, next up, we got Second World is the uh, name of the channel. It's a history channel. The goal of the channel is to entertain, um, educate, and make money. We just went down the rabbit hole on that. We did. But it's good, you know, because they asked about how to make videos. So it's important to, you know, just kind of share some of that so they can just get some insight. Yeah. Um, But the question is, whatever make a video, the impressions start to spike, and then they go flat after about an hour. And for YouTube Shorts, I get no views for the first six hours of my videos, and then it spikes for 30 to 90 minutes and goes flat again. Do you know why this is happening and how to stop it? So when you get impressions and then things kind of flatline, it means that your content has went in front of people that started responding to it at a lesser rate compared to the people before. And what happens there is YouTube basically, when you first publish your video, they show your content to the people that are on the platform at that moment in time that are the most likely to engage with and enjoy your content. So those are the people, that's why usually metrics are higher when you first publish your videos. And then after that, it starts going out to you know wider groups of people and the wider that it gets the people are less likely to be a perfect laser fit for your content so because of that as your content starts going out you know to wider groups of people then um, if it can't compete for those wider groups then it'll then it'll start curving off 
And when you're with your shorts, it's the same exact thing. So, you know, if you make super general content, it's just like entertainment content that pretty much anybody could enjoy, um, then in that particular case, you're probably going to get a better result than if you are, you know, going, you know, about something very, you know, specific when it comes to shorts. Mm. Next. So here, here's, I've seen a couple of people mention stuff like this. Uh, we live in a major street with lots of ambulance traffic, not ideal for recording video. Amber Lamps traffic. Amber Lance. Um, Karen says, um, I live in an area near the Royal Air Force. They always decide to fly a jet by, so I have to retake. Okay, so we live right by a busy street. This studio is by a busy street. Yep. Directly under the airport path. Yep. When we came in here, this can help wonders. So, you know, if you go to the hardware store, you can buy, it's, it's tape sealant that goes around windows and it goes around doors. If you can get that to go around all of your doors and all of your windows in the, any room that you're shooting in, if you have a window or you have a door that goes to outside, if you can seal those up, you would be surprised how much noise that will actually get rid of. It's not going to fully soundproof anything, but I'd say we eliminated 50% of the sound, would you say? Easy. Easily yeah, I mean, 50%. Easy. Yeah, yeah. A good rule of thumb is this. If light, like, go in your room in the daytime, turn, turn, off, turn off the light in there, and look around cracks in your windows or cracks around the doors. Anywhere where light is coming through cracks, sound is coming through those cracks. Anywhere you have an airflow coming in, sound is coming through those little cracks. Uh, even even the door, the main door going outside is completely sealed up. And the crack that's under it, we have one of those dust things. It's like the double-sided little foam pieces that slides underneath it. Yeah, it, it kills so much of the noise. So you can do wonders to get rid of traffic noise, uh, airplanes and stuff like that. You can also do stuff with the EQ and your voice. Mm -hmm. If you do like an EQ and you cut off like the last... 80 hertz and, and below a little bit that rumble you, you can get rid of a lot of that lower lower uh, rumbling sound next up we've got uh jeremy makes it they upload when they have time it's a diy channel the goal of the channel is to build a community of diyers and sharing fun projects the question is my biggest hurdle right now seems to be struggling around editing videos i got a lot of footage for my current project but i'm finding myself getting stuck working through the editing and not putting out videos as a result any advice or suggestions? Absolutely. Yep. So the lesson that you're learning right now is to record for the edit. That's the lesson that you're learning right now. So what I mean when I say record for the edit is D was in a similar situation that you're in right now. So basically oh he, he went to Mount Everest and they went up to base camp. And during that process, he recorded tons and tons and tons of content. I was going to start a travel channel. Yep. He's going to start a travel channel and he recorded, recorded tons of content. And then when he got it all back, He's like, man, this is, you know, this is just way too much content to even sort through. So, um, so he ended up not doing the travel channel. So when it comes to recording for the edit, the idea is that you record what is needed for the video. So if you're doing DIY content, instead of just letting the camera roll and being like, all right, I'm just going to have it show me doing all these things instead plan out the video, be like, okay, I'm doing this DIY. So I'm showing people how to do this thing, right? This fun project. These are the steps that I'm gonna be taking on this project. So what shots do I need to get while I'm putting this project together? Get those shots, you'll get those shots in order, and then that will make it when it comes time to edit the video, that things will be shorter and it'll be more organized um, and it won't be as much stuff to, to sift through. So on the current stuff that you have, you're just gonna to have to power through that. But when it comes to future content, try to plan it out a little bit better and think to yourself, okay, 
I'm recording for the edit. So I don't have to record everything it is that I do. Instead, if I plan it first, then I need to, then in that case, I'll be able to record less, which means that it'll be a lot easier when it comes to editing time. It means it's gonna be easier on, on you know, my storage and things like that over time. Yeah, so that's exactly what happened. So we went yep. there and I, record, I recorded everything because everything was interesting. What I did not do is I didn't plan it out. Right. I didn't plan it out. What I should have said, I should have said to myself, okay, uh, day one of this trip, day, you know, day one on your trek, what does that cover? What does that entail? Right. Uh, and, and I could think through, okay, day one, let's see, I've got, I've got to get to the airport. I've got to get a plane. I got to get on a plane. I got to go to fly into Lukla, the world's most dangerous airport. Okay. So let me make a video on everything, how to choose the airline, how to get there early, how to deal, how to, like, I could have made, I could have focused on my first video, how to, you know, how to fly into the world's most dangerous airport, yep. video number one, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and I should have broken it down that way. Okay. Day two. You're, you know, you're trekking to this thing, you know, what are all the things you got to do along this way? And then shot each thing that I think would be helpful to the, to the viewer, right? right. Okay. This place you can stop for a coffee, whatever you can charge your devices, X, Y, Z. Um, but boy, I shot everything. I shot everything and I came back with just gigs and gigs of footage. It was too much. And I didn't want to do it. It was so, it was such a waste of time trying to edit all the video. It made me not start a travel channel. Right. And I ended up doing, uh, education right right <laughs> i mean it, it, and, it, it paid off right but right. it was just had i thought it through and thought that, okay here are the videos that i need to make what clips do i need to shoot for those videos to tell the story it would have been so much easier right instead of just shooting everything grub mud also has a really good suggestion here and thanks for this he says um or just have one camera run the whole time and not like three cameras so that's another thing too so just kind of limiting you know the 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 amount of footage that you're getting um by whatever means necessary to make it you know easier to uh you know to put together a fun edit. fun story so i took a go a gopro on that trip and all, every gopro i've ever had has just been defective but one of the times that it worked shout we, out to gopro yeah go yeah listen gopro if anybody's watching this every gopro i've ever purchased has been a de defect yep. I, I hate your cameras i'll never buy your cameras again yep. never anyway so we're on we're on a mountain and there's a skinny little path you can clip that if you want yeah if you clip want. that and send it to gopro yeah. uh and here comes a whole train of yak, right? They get the bells ringing, ding, 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 and they're coming with the Sherpas, and they got the stuff on the back of the yak. Uh, and the trail is, like, really, really skinny. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, this little step area. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the GoPro, and I'm going to put it right here on the angle on this step, and the, I'm going to see the yak coming, and I'm going to get the yak going over the GoPro. Oh, nice. Right? Good shot. Put the GoPro down in the thing, and I, I go up. Uh, Here's a tip. You never want to be in the, the side of the mountain where the yak can push you off. You want to go on the other side. So I go up in the yak pass and walking behind the yak is a group of tourists who were there and they go, Oh, look, somebody lost a GoPro. Oh no. Yeah. And they come over and I say, no, 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 that's my GoPro. And they go, no, we found it. And I was like, no, that is my GoPro. And we got into this thing. Uh, I, I, I resolved. Like, Man, I'm just trying to get some yaks here. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, I'm about to kick a bunch of people off the side of this mountain. <laughs> An accident here in Nepal. <laughs> but, so, but, yeah, anyway, I, it, they were like, I was like, dude, I'm cl I literally climbed up here to get out of the way of the yak to shoot this. Anyway, I turned into a thing, got the GoPro. Anyway, GoPro didn't record the shot. Mm. So, you know, GoPro. So you lost it anyway. I lost the shot anyway. Uh -huh. But, this, yeah, these people are like, oh, GoPro. Mm. And it's, it, we almost had an incident uh, along the path. I use some GoPros. I have GoPros. Yeah. I haven't had any trouble with yeah. them. Five tourists failed. Uh, I use. I use. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Yeah, I use one for a uh, for a for a B cam for like a gear shot. It works in great my, for you in yeah. my live stream, and I've yeah. used it just to kind of you know do some random stuff. But I, I haven't had the issues that uh, the D's had. Had been such a great shot too. Yeah, because it's like this big yaks just walking a whole train of them. You know. Whatever. So, uh, Paulina Ellis Sound Healing Meditation says I have a meditation channel. Really quick, good on you because yeah. the world needs more of that. Super so high trash. five and fist bump to you yes. uh, for having that type of channel and putting that out there. Um, and it says that uh, I would like to remove the mid-roll ads because it's disturbing while listeners are in deep meditation. Unfortunately, um, if you are not monetized on your channel, you, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, and, it's, and, it, and it sucks for situations like yours. There should be some type of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You got a thousand subscribers. You might be monetized. If you're monetized, yeah, you got, you got some views coming in here. Hold on. Um, 48,000 views, 1,000 subscribers, you're probably monetized. If you are monetized, um, you can just say in the chat um, if you are or not. But um, if you are monetized, you can go into your video settings during the upload process. You actually have a monetization tab over there. You can go over there and you can turn your ads on so they can get it on the way in. And then you can turn off the mid-roll ads. So if your channel is Oh, you just got it a couple oh. days ago. So yeah, so if you have the watch time requirements also, the 4,000 hours of watch time, then you'll be going, you'll you'll have the opportunity to get into the partner uh, program on the ad side. Um, you, you should technically already be in there if you've hit the lower requirements, but not for the ads. So if you hit those requirements of the 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time, then in that case, um, once ads are activated on your channel, then you're gonna have the option to turn those off. And the option, you're gonna see it when you go to upload your videos over on the left-hand side, if you're uploading from a computer, you're going to see the monetization tab, click on that. Um, and then uh, you're gonna have the option right there to turn ads on or off. And then if you turn them on, it's going to open up another section down at the bottom that's gonna show you the mid-roll information. And you can say to let YouTube do it or for you to do it um, or for you to decide. Pick to do it manually and then just don't put anything in there. Or just, you know, or just don't, you know, have it on. So, uh, so yeah, that, that, that's how you do that. And if you currently don't meet the watch time requirements, then in that particular case, keep working on it until you do. And it's unfortunate, like with your type of content specifically, with ASMR content, things like that, where, you know, music content, where people are just trying to like enjoy themselves. It's unfortunate that you can't just be like, hey, I'm in this like special category and then YouTube treats it a little bit different, but that's just unfortunately not how it works. Um, but once you meet those requirements, you'll be able to turn those off. Scully. Member for 51 months. Hey, what's up, man? Rules. Hope you're Thank doing you. well, man. Thank you for that. I also got a super sticker. Super sticker from yep. Janita, uh, Geneva Tutoring. Thank you for that um, you. as well. Much appreciated. Yep. So next up on our list here, uh, let's go. This is number 34. This is Hottest on Air. Um, the type of channel says, still figuring it out. Entrepreneurship, storytelling, interviews, communication. Goal of the channel says, I want to leave my nine to five and work for myself. Love it. Question, how many times should I upload a week for optimal growth? What are the best methods for growth if I'm starting with less than 100 subscribers on a brand new channel? This is not what you're going to want to hear because it's going to sound very vague. But when it comes to the ideal upload schedule, um, it's all going to respond or it's all going to depend on how people respond to your content. So some content creators, they can upload like once a month and they thrive yeah. like massively, yeah. like they get tons of views on everything they do because they put their content together in a way they spend the time on it. 
um, where, you know, it, it garners that good response. Other people will upload three times a day and they just flatline. They don't get any results at all. So the idea is to spend as much time as you need on the video itself to make it a good piece of content and to create a good experience for the viewers to give them the value that they're wanting out of the video, things like that, um, and upload at that pace, right? Because when it comes to, hold on really quick. Oh, okay. So really quick, hold on, Renee. Uh, so for the meditation channel, let me go back to this really quick and hate us on air. I'm going to come back to you. Um, so the channel, I'm going to drop it into the uh, chat here. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's the super chat pinned at the top of the screen, uh, Renee. Um, it's Paula, uh, Paulina Ellis sound healing meditation. Um, it's currently at the top of the chat with the um, super sticker up there, but I'm going to copy and paste it into the chat here for you as well. Um, but that is pretty awesome. So uh, Renee said that uh, he says, uh, can you let me know what channel that was? YouTube and advertisers wouldn't want people interrupted if they're trying to sleep and relax so we can look into that. Eh? Super cool. So that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to eh? like fix it right away. Paulina, just so you know, doesn't mean they're going to like fix it right away. But that does mean that, you know, that is kind of putting that on their radar as like maybe a problem that they should look into because those ads in terms of how he framed it, it seems like those ads aren't valuable anyway because people are there for a different reason. Like they're trying to meditate and it's more of an interruption instead of like, hey, you're getting ready to come in here. So watch this while you're waiting, you know, that kind of thing. So that's pretty awesome. Thank you for that, Renee. Love yeah. Or, that's, or, that's why he's the man. Just want right? to say. Like that kind of stuff. Like that's great. Yeah. I don't know any other company where you get stuff like that. You know what I mean? Where you get That's a pretty Renee, incredible. Where you get a Renee on tap. Right, right. To where, yeah, he's like, hey, here's this problem. Yeah, let me see if I can run this up and, yeah. and, and see if uh, there's something we can do about that. Yep. And Absolutely, for those of you who it. don't know. Absolutely love it. Renee is a little bit like a, uh, a good version of Beetlejuice. Like if you're having a live stream and you're talking about like YouTube growth and like YouTube whatever, if you just say his name three, three times. times, there's a really good chance, really good chance he's going to show up. You know, it'd be hilarious. Like, yeah. you know how, I don't know if they still have this, but back in the day you used to go to, you used to be able to go to YouTube search and type in like, you know, uh, uh, like Luke, uh, I'm your father or whatever. And then oh, it would Google show. used to have the cool stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, used to yeah, have yeah, all yeah, those yeah. things. Um, like, uh, it would be cool if just for him, if they did do that yeah. to where it's like, Hey, they said your name three times and you're getting a notification. He Obviously gets, right, people he, would abuse it, but like, you know, if he happens to be online, he gets like a little push notification, like, Hey, they're talking about you over here. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely and and great. it gives him a little link to the thing. He can yeah. just hop and in. He can just hop in and be like, Hey, yeah. what's going yeah. on? Yeah. I'm here for your views. Chuck. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for your views. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm here for your views, Chuck. Yeah, yeah here that's for the great. views, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love it. So, okay, so we got that. Um, and then let me go back to that question that I was answering before. Okay, so hottest on air. So the um, yeah. question was, how many times should you uplo up upload per week? So um, the thing with uploading on a regular basis, just in general, is it keeps you in the, in the flow of doing the thing, and it keeps you sharp, which is great. And then it also is great for skill development when you're uploading a lot. Yes. So if you're uploading, like, let's say two times per week, then that gives you a lot of times over the course of the year to where, you know, you're plugging content in and you can be trying to improve with every video that you upload. So because of that, as long as you're being intentional and you're trying to, you know, build your skill set, you are, you know, giving yourself you're going to develop faster than somebody that uploads, you know, one time every couple of weeks, right? So because of that, it just helps you do the thing, right, uh, uh, more efficiently. However, 
um, you might be able to get away with, you know, one video per week. That might be enough. Um, two videos per week might be the thing. I know for me, for like a good stride for my channel, just based on the way that I make content and the level that I make it at, which isn't at the highest. Um, in that particular case, for me, like a really good cadence is like two videos per week and then a live stream. That's a really good cadence for me. And it's usually on like a Monday and a Wednesday and then do the stream on Saturday. That's a great cadence for my channel. And it usually keeps the numbers high on the rare occasion that I do that. Um, that particular schedule. So in your particular case, um, what I recommend is that first, because you know, you're just in this process of, you know, figuring everything out. So just right now, I would just work on trying to make the best content more than being like, okay, I have to get out two videos per week, right? Try to hit that one video per week mark just so that you can, uh, you know, make sure that you're getting, you know, staying in practice, so to speak. Um, but but I wouldn't obsess with like, okay, I gotta get out, you know, X amount of videos per week so that you can make sure that you are spending the time on working on your skill sets because working on your skill sets is likely going to help you grow faster yeah. than just publishing more videos. So because of that, I would I would give yourself that space to uh, to do that. Yeah, I cannot stress enough the importance at becoming better at what you do as a creator. Yeah. And that only comes through repetition. Yep. Exploration. They upload one time per week or more. They do travel and adventure content. The goal of the channel is to build a, a strong community of adventure travelers and those who want to travel but are unable to. Small disconnect there. I know, people who want to travel but can't. Well, right, but you have um, to build a strong community of adventure travelers. Oh, and those, yep. Okay. And those who want to travel but are unable to. So there's automatically going to be some crossover there. But one thing that is um, important to know is that when you are publishing content and a lot of travel channels um, are, 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 are kind of in this in this situation. But when you have a, a, a travel channel, there's the people that are living vicariously through you and that are following your journey are a different audience than the people that are adventure travelers that are like looking for the places to go, looking for your travel tips, looking for that kind of thing. So just keep that in mind. And I would, I would just dial in who it is that you're serving with the content. And the reason for that is because it will change how you do everything it is that you're doing. So for example, if the people are living vicariously through you and you are making content for the people that can't travel, then in that case, you're making vlogs and you're showing people, you know, all these cool places that you're going. And instead of making videos about like, hey, these are things that I take in my luggage, you're like, hey, these are, uh, you know, here, I'm at this cafe. It's great. The coffee's great. You know, can you just kind of, you shoot with like a wide angle lens and you're like, hey, could you, you know, just taking this ambience right here for a second. I'm just going to not say anything and, and just kind of, you know, let this atmosphere speak for itself. Right. That's the kind of stuff that you do for people that are, you know, just watching the videos because they can't travel. But when it comes to serving the community of adventure travelers for them, Hey, I found this place. It's amazing. Um, in order to get here, you have to go, you know, to this particular place. When you get here, make sure that you keep this in mind. Um, you know, make sure that you bring this with you when you come. You know, it's, it's, it's a different approach that you take. So because of that, it can be helpful or advantageous to, you know, uh, uh, to make sure that you are very clear on who it is that you're serving with your content. Um, but your question, I just, I just saw that. So I just wanted to, you know, put a highlight on that just so you know. So the question is, on um, our average video length is around 20 minutes with pretty consistent weekly video postings. Recently, we've experimented with some longer videos, 40 minutes plus, which have had good success. The downside of making these longer videos is that it hurts our consistency. We can only get out um, three 40-minute videos per month. If our 40-minute videos are going twice as many views as our 20-minute videos, 
and three to four times the watch time, should we keep making longer videos even though it hurts our upload consistency? This defaults back to our previous question, the one that we just answered. So the person that was asking about how often they should upload, in your case, if you're finding that the videos that take longer to make, those 40-minute videos are outperforming your videos that are shorter, but you upload less, but that's causing you know better results in your channel, then that's the path if that's the result that you're after. Um, if the result that you're after is like, hey, we're just trying to you know publish you know videos and try to get out as many videos as we can, then in that particular case, then leaning back on the you know shorter content might be the thing. But I'm going to guess that just like every other content creator, you're like, hey, this is gonna help me grow faster, it's gonna help me you know, grow the brand. So uh, because of that, if you're getting the better response from the 40-minute videos, then I would upload a little bit less and I would make those 40-minute uh, videos for the channel um, because that's what people are responding to better. Definitely trying to grow the channel, yeah. So I would lean on that um, if, if that's what people are responding to. You know, one of the things for all of us, um, you know, YouTube's algorithm, the whole thing with it is they, they say the algorithm follows the audience. And the whole idea with that is that when people respond well to something, the algorithm's like, hey, you know, here's, here's more of that thing that you liked, right? So when it comes to us as content creators, we got to look at that same thing. And it's like, hey, this is what, you know, is kind of typical, what people typically do, but this is what people are responding to. So this is what people are responding to, even though other people might be doing this, or this might be the typical path. If I'm getting a much better response from this, then I should go that way because that's what people actually want from me, right? So, uh, so because of that, if that's what people are doing, then, then I would lean into it. And on that note, I wanna thank everybody for hanging out today. Thank you so much for participating in the live stream. I hope that you got some value out of this. Um, I do wanna let you know that if you are a new content creator, um, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about here during this stream, and some of it you might be like, hey, that you know that's, that's great. Other stuff you might be like, yeah, I'm not really sure what you know some of that stuff was if you're just brand new and getting started. Um, so because of that, um, one of the things that I you know always like to end this with is if you're a new content creator, um, remember that the process of YouTube is a learning curve, just like anything else that you're gonna do. Just like if you're playing an instrument or trying to get into shape or anything like that, there's things that you need to learn in order to be able to do it at a competitive level. So because of that, embrace the process. And instead of getting frustrated when you upload a video and it doesn't do as good as you you know would like it to, instead of getting frustrated, look at it and be like, okay, um, this didn't do as good as I thought, why? Why do I think it didn't do as good? And start putting those thoughts behind it and then start trying to use the videos that you're publishing and the response that you're getting as uh, 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 food, so to speak, for, for trying to improve with the next video that you upload. And uh, keep renting and repeating that, working on your skill sets over time. And by doing that, that's how you're going to end up you know, thriving on YouTube. Okay, I just wanna say, what were we talking about? Where did I go on my trip? Nepal. Guess what's showing up here? Just go to recommend it to me. No way. Yes. Really? 12 days hiking to Everest Base Camp. Come on. Yeah. Oh, we're not listening. Yeah, we sure. don't listen to you. We don't do that. But on that note, D, <laughs> great stream. Thank you. And uh, four. Yeah, right. <laughs> So yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. Um, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you spending your time with us um, here today. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff, helpful things down in the description for you. Uh, if you're a content creator, you're looking for tools to help you work more efficiently and things like that, you can find all that down in the description. We do this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, so make sure that you swing back next weekend if you enjoyed this. And um, have a great rest of your uh, weekend, and we'll see you next time. Cheers.